Welcome to On the Clock. I'm Spencer Davis, joined by David Hidden, Andrew Schulte. Guys, first show, first week of sports to recap. One of the best ones we've had in a while. Guys, how are we doing today? I'm excited, man. It's been a good day. We're doing great. Um, got to see a lot out of this last week. Um, a bunch of new stuff. I'm really excited to talk about it. We even got to see a lot in the last 24 hours in sports. Yeah, there's a lot. To talk there's about. a lot that's been going on. Yeah, I mean, when we're recording this on Tuesday night, Aaron Judge just broke the AL single season home run record. So we're living through history, uh, I guess you could say. Guys, we're going to focus first on the NFL season. Uh, first storyline really started on Thursday with the Dolphins and Bengals game. Obviously, the huge storyline there is Tua getting carted off. Um, but that game in general was a good game, I would say, uh, if you're a Bengals fan. Obviously not so much if you're a Dolphins fan. So Yeah, yeah that's um that's a big key factor. I think Teddy Bridgewater um did good when he needed to get called up. I think he was way more prepared, um, just because of the fact of Tua already getting hurt the game before. I don't agree that he should have came back. Um I was actually putting it in my notes last week about how he's he shouldn't have came back after stumbling. Um and obviously, the NFL agrees if they're firing everyone that was so far in control of that. Um, but I don't think Teddy did that bad of a job. Um, they just couldn't really rally around him. Uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek really didn't get it going. Um, and the Bengals, they just they figured it out. Their line was starting to actually mesh and come in together. Um, that was one of their biggest worries within the first three weeks. Um, they definitely fixed that up. Um, and Joe Burrow just finally looked comfortable in the pocket able to hit his receivers um that was big for him well if I'm looking here it looks like Joe Burrow only got sacked one time this week and that is a big step up for that O-line that is impressive that is a very big step up because that was a problem all last year at the beginning of this year I mean we saw it in the Super Bowl everybody saw it it was really bad yeah I mean that's the reason they don't have a ring that is the reason yeah so I mean going off of what you said about Teddy Bridgewater I mean I think that being a backup quarterback has to be one of the most difficult jobs um, in sports. Coming in, relief, you're not getting these first-team reps. So, like you said, it, it just felt like uh, they didn't kind of – they didn't gelled, you know, with Teddy yet, which is understandable. I mean, you're expecting Tua to play. Although I would say, like you were kind of hinting at, there's a reason all of us were a little skeptical he would play on Thursday and why everyone was like, why is he playing on Thursday? Uh, seeing a guy fall to his knees – after getting hit, uh, what, four days before is yeah. usually not a great sign. <laughs> so, I mean, there's time. Like, I'm sure Teddy was taking reps, but game action's different, you know? You're playing against a team that is in dire need of a win. You know, the Bengals were 1-2 and two going into that. And the Dolphins were undefeated. And if I'm not mistaken, I feel like the Dolphins, they have a pretty good backup quarterback with Teddy Bridgewater. Because wasn't he the starter last year for the Broncos? That he was. I just right. Him and Drew Locke kind of alternated. I think. Yeah, but I feel like didn't he get hurt at the beginning of the year? That sounds right. And he's yeah. like started the year what two and zero with the Broncos. He's a pretty good backup QB. There's definitely worse ones. There's to have. definitely right. worse ones. I just also don't think he's that guy that's going to get you over the hump, which is why he's backing up to a Yeah. Yeah. Um, which props to him. Whenever he comes back, he was on a phenomenal start. Obviously, top five QB. Um. Probably high in MVP rankings just because of who he got to throw to and all of his impressive wins so far um, before they did lose. Um, but you also just got to give props to his receivers, too, getting open and um, the game plan, honestly. I, th- I think it just comes down to the Miami 
offense actually trusting Tua, letting him sling it, even though there's been tons of reports of how weak of an arm he's got. They don't let that bother him. They still go, hey, we're going to throw it down your throat, and you got to stop us. And it, it worked. I mean, you can't ever predict injury, which I, I don't agree of Tua coming back into the game. It's going to cost him now. Um, we all saw that clip. It was disgusting. It was horrific. Um, Shout out to Prime for making sure everyone saw it like 15 times right after it happened. Yeah, you usually don't see an injury. Um, This was not the case. They made sure that was the highlight of the game. It was really bad. Um, But, yeah, I I feel like the Dolphins will be able to finally get some chance of playoff success when Tua does come back just just because of how their scheme is. They need him back, though. I don't think Teddy is going to do that for him. I really did like the uh, perseverance that Tua did show with coming back into the game. Should he have? No. No shot he should have. But, like, showing that he's got the heart to do that, but it's going to cost the Dolphins in the long run. The Dolphins' management should have been so much smarter in that situation than they were. We should have had, like, a really early hint from what they were trying to do with Tom Brady and all that other scandals, too. That's the reason (laughs) why they won't have a pick next year. Um, we honestly should have seen this coming, um, Tua coming back into the game. And then that screener actually getting fired literally the next day because of that. Um, honestly, I don't know why I didn't see it coming in the first place. I'm just shocked that the Dolphins are actually doing as hot as they are. I got to give them props. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, like you kind of talked about, was uh, Tua's arm strength was the subject of many tweets over the offseason from what I was seeing. And uh, there have been throws in which I'm like, all right, it's uh, – it's maybe not at the upper echelon of arm strength in the NFL, but I would say that, you know, you make adjustments. You just get the ball to Tyreek 10 yards sooner. Tyreek's still going to run past people, you know, yeah. once he gets the ball in the open space, which he did. Ended it with uh, 160 yards on 10 catches, which is pretty good for that kind of yardage. Uh, moving on to the next game, let's talk about Viking Saints next, the London game. Uh, I forgot they played in London this week, so I woke up and Adam Thielen already had 15 for me, which was a shock because <laughs> he lays so many eggs, uh, except for when I don't play him, in which case he goes ballistic. So, guys, uh, I believe this was a collapse, if I remember correctly. No, okay, we're good then. Now, Minnesota actually had the lead. I thought Minnesota choked. I'm thinking of a different game. Um, yeah, I mean, primetime Kirk uh, is, you know, global – time kirk in london if he's six hours ahead uh he's okay uh, it's just when he gets in that you know think about it though you know if you're playing a 720 game in the u.s that's like two o'clock in the morning so maybe he just lives on british time and that's why he doesn't play well in prime time i mean he's one and oh over there he's not one and oh on prime time i can he tell is, you that much. he is undefeated <laughs> um i was honestly kind of shocked of how well they were able to get justin jefferson the ball um, you kind of saw from the week two and week three, Eagles really shut them down. They weren't really able to pass it Justin Jefferson at all in week three. Um, so them trying to find a game plan to get him the ball in any way that they can is probably why they won this game. Actually, not probably. That's 100% why. Um, Dalvin Cook really didn't do that much. Adam Thielen really picked up. He had a really big game um, to his fantasy standards <laughs> this year so far. It might be his high-scoring high game. Uh, I can't remember. It just probably depends on your format. I know, like, PPR, he got saved by the eight receptions. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
like you said, Je- Justin Jefferson's had a slow start. He had that really hot week one. Yeah. Uh, but he kind of ran into a meat grinder. He went through Darius Slay uh, against the Eagles, and he ran into Jeff Okuda, who's randomly elite this year. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Kirk was trying to get him the ball, um, which, you know, if you have a slow start, this is his second year, right? Is this his third year? Uh, this is his third. Okay, yeah. So, like, you're trying to avoid that. You know, we, we've seen the rise of Justin Jefferson. Um, but that third year is a pretty important for a wide receiver's confidence, I would say. If you're, uh, you know, this kind of make or break, whether or not you're going to have a good career is really hinging on that third year if you can keep that momentum going, I would say. But uh, Red Rocket, Andy Dalton, gunslinging for the Saints. <laughs> uh, he didn't have, he doesn't have the, you know, best stat line of all time, but I mean, 20 for 28, 236 with Jameis out. It's like terrible. And didn't four. turn the ball over. Yeah, well, we exactly. Got um, it's not ob- terrible. Yeah, no. I mean, his QBR above average at a 60, um, but the QBR rating at 108 is actually really impressive for how much of a quote-unquote game manager backups are supposed to be. He was able to sling it when he did. Granted, he missed a bunch of targets to Olave down later in the game. That probably could have sealed it, especially around like the seven-minute mark. He missed about two to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but quarterbacks are going to miss those anyways, especially when you're not getting those first-team reps with those guys. It's going to take a little bit to gel. Um, and I think, honestly, only having eight incompletions in your first start of the season, it's not bad with a new group. Yeah, 20 for 28, not too bad. Not too bad at all. I mean, obviously, you'd rather have Jameis in there who's got reps with that first team. It's going to take a while to build chemistry if you're not getting reps with the first team. Yep, that's what I think about it. I mean, we also saw how that game ended if uh, Dalton, like you said, gets those completions down to his receivers. We see how that game ended. Yeah. They also um, gave Will Lutz the go-to, just saying, hey, we can't give you any more yards. You're just going to have to boot it. He was successful in the first one. That 61-yarder, that was impressive. Um, he couldn't do it again, and rightfully so. You shouldn't have to kick 60-yard <laughs> field goals back-to-back drives no. to end the game uh, just to stay alive. Offense got has to find something there. Um, there's not much else that, I mean, Andy Dalton could have done. He went in there, scored 25 on a very good defense still, and held his own, honestly, held his own with Kirk. And to spread the rock around, too, uh, six receivers with multiple inter- uh, multiple receptions in that game as well. Vikings go to 3-1 and one in that game. Saints fall to 1-3. and three. Moving on, Browns, Falcons, in Atlanta. Kind of one of those weird games where you're looking at the box score and there's just some, like, strange Strange happenings occurring. You know, like we've got Jacoby Brissett versus Marcus Mariota as your starting quarterbacks. Uh, Tyler Allgaier is your leading rusher for Atlanta. Uh, I didn't see a lot of this game. Uh, It didn't show up on red zone a lot. Probably for good reason. Yeah, I think they were trying to – yeah, like Alamid Zacchaeus is your leading wide receiver for the Falcons. Uh, It's just a weird game. Yeah, Yoda had seven completions. Seven for 19 and that, won the game. I, I don't insane. know how much you can wrap your brain around if you only need to throw and get seven catches on offense through 60 minutes of play and win. That's impressive. Yeah, i got to find the possession stat. There's got to be Do you know what I feel like has been really disappointing this year for the Falcons? Kyle Pitts. Oh, I know. he's. I'm really disappointed in him. I have him on my fantasy team. He had a great year last year and then came out and just not that same guy he was last year. But you also got to think about it this way. You have kind of like a B-plus version of Jalen Hurts at your quarterback instead of a pocket passer, former MVP of Matt Ryan, who like you were building that connection with. 
And that's why he had so many of those like 100-plus receiving games. He had about three or four last year. Not bad for a rookie tight end. I mean, you got to give props where props is due. Um, but the offense obviously is not going to be the same with a quarterback who mainly depends on his legs. I mean, that's what he did with the Titans. Obviously, it didn't bring success over there, so they brought in a, packet, a pocket passer with Ryan Tannehill. They're getting somewhere with him, so they had to kick Marcus Mariota out. I mean, there's like some type of formula that you have to build with your players, which also sucks because Cordell is on IR. So that kind of also eliminates all of your guys that you could throw to anyways. Um, I also don't think Marcus Mariota is going to be the answer. Um, yeah, how soon do you guys think that Desmond Ritter comes on? The third-round pick from this year out of Cincinnati. It depends. Um, if they lose the next three, I think he'll come in. Um, still trying to hope for a playoff spot. But it also, I think it just depends on how bad Marcus Mariota actually looks in the game. Seven I for mean, 19 is not good. No. <laughs> no. And he's not, pa- he's not passing the eye test. He's not really getting you like, wow, that, it makes up for what he's doing. He's not going to win you any games. Um, unless you're the Cleveland Browns, then <laughs> you might. Um, <laughs> I just don't think he's it. It's, it's going to be pretty soon when he comes out. How soon? I'm not sure. I give it, like, maybe five games tops. My question to you guys is, how do you think that the Browns are going to look once Deshaun comes back? I don't know. I mean, like, you've got a really strong running back room with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I think that's one of the better duos in the league. Probably the best, to be honest. Likely, yeah. I mean, there's... It's rare that you see talent like that. I mean, I would say that the Lions have a pretty good one with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift right now, but uh, I don't know because you're looking at the Browns' wide receiving core, and it's really strange because you've got David Njoku, great tight end, but then you've got guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, Harrison Bryant, and Amari Cooper. Um, and also, like, we haven't seen Deshaun play in – it'll be over what? Almost, One and a half years. Yeah. yeah. That's a long time to be out of the game. Which he really didn't lead that Texans group to anything. I know he didn't no. have anyone around him. He had DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, he did have D-Hop before he went to the Cardinals. Yes. But, like, you also need, like, that surrounding cast with your yeah. defense, Yeah, and too. you need a competent coach. He had J.J. Yeah. Watt. Well, you can't throw to J.J. Watt. I mean, no, well, you, yeah. said, you just said you have to have competent defense around That's fair. Too. Oh, right, but one guy also isn't going to make the other ten. And J.J.'s been getting banged up a lot recently. Yeah. He's had some injury problems, which is unfortunate to see for a guy of his caliber. But two and two now, both for those two teams. They're one and one in their uh, home and away splits, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. Next up, Commanders Cowboys. Everyone's favorite team, the Cowboys. Let's talk <laughs> about it. I know this is a huge game for you, David, as an Eagles fan in terms of uh, divisional standing. Take me through it. I know you kept a close eye on this one. You really got to give props to where props are due. And. Cooper, Cooper Rush, Rush is making it really tough on Dak. <laughs> I mean, granted, we saw one game with Dak, how he threw terribly before he broke his hand. Um, and then Cooper Rush had to come in into that game, didn't do anything either. And Tampa Bay's defense is elite, and you saw that up until Kansas City. It's really hard to contain Patrick Mahomes in that offense. Um, but these other three games, I feel like Cooper Rush just felt confident. He knew he had to get a job done. And the offense was like actually starting – to explode around him. They were starting to rally around their offense. Um, CeeDee Lamb can't be the only person. He can't throw it to himself. Um, we saw that week one. Dak couldn't do it. Um, but then he started picking it up. 
Cooper Rush 4-0 as a starter. I couldn't tell you that was going to happen. Um, granted, they did face the Giants, Commanders, and then the Bengals, too, who their offensive line in Week 2, horrendous. Week 1, horrendous. They could not figure it out. They were finally starting to get it against a really good team in Miami, which is really nice to see um, if you are a Bengals fan. I believe Joe Burrow had, like, six sacks that game on him. Yeah, he did. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah, he did. Micah Parsons had about two and a half of them. Yep. He is a good player. Um, he definitely elevates that defense. It makes the corner's job easier because he has to get the ball out more so you don't have to be stuck on man coverage one-on-one all the time. I mean, he's utilizing his weapons well. Obviously, C.D. Right. Lamb sorry, uh, is the big name on that wide receiver room, but Michael Gallup got a touchdown in that. He's been pretty quiet so far. I mean, 24 yards is not anything to write home about, but oh no, just getting him involved, I would say, is good enough. I mean, guys, what do we think about Carson Wentz? Terrible. I mean, see, well, you can't call him terrible because he went ballistic the first, like, what, three weeks? I did see a tweet how it was 23 days before the week four of the Commanders game, and they were writing off everybody because Carson Wentz threw four touchdowns. <laughs> they let that sit in for a month, see what he actually did for these next three games. The tweet ended up saying, um, can we trade, like, a third-round pick for this guy? <laughs> Just need anybody else. Heineke, can we get Fitzpatrick back? Alex Smith, you want to come out of retirement? Um, they're pulling for all like all hands on deck at this point because the NFC East has been shocking me, Big, ma- mainly because of the Giants being three and one, um, and if they beat the Cowboys in that one game, undefeated as well, which is insane. They don't really have anybody. Um, the Commanders don't. They really. I mean, we expected their O line to be really good. It has been the complete opposite. They cannot block anything. <laughs> they couldn't block it even if it was a bot on Snapchat. There was nothing that they could have done. Um, and Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick really haven't been able to do anything um, because they're just – you can't throw the ball. You, you're giving up all of these unnecessary hits, QB targets, sacks, and it makes everything – like every single weapon on your offense invaluable. Like it, nothing. can't do anything with it. Any thoughts on the game, Andrew? Uh, Carson Wentz, man. You, we all thought Terry McLaurin was going to have a good season this year. I mean, he's had a few good games. But this game, he only had two receptions all game. If he's your star wide receiver, you got to find him more. You got, what do you have? You've got to find a way. He had 15 yards all game. That's, that's insane to me. Especially when you're looking at the rest of the uh, commander's wide receivers. It's like, these are the guys we got to throw to other than Terry? It's yeah, nuts. and what do we think about Zeke? 19 carries, 49 yards. All right, so I definitely do think – sorry to interrupt you. Um, <laughs> he is probably the most overpaid person in the NFL. Um, when you have a kind of basically just a third down back out carry you in yards per carry and receptions, but you still are trying to be targeted as the one, it's not going to work out. Um, granted the Cowboys have been able to find ways to use Zeke, which is in the red zone. I think that is smart. Um, open field tackles, Zeke is not it. He will try to truck you, which makes sense for when you're trying to do inside plays like in the red zone. Um, but any other kind of offensive scheme that you want, Pollard's your guy. Pollard is the one that you want to put around. Um, and the fact that they're paying him about 15 mil a year, I don't agree. I didn't really pay close attention to this game, but like you said, they always use Zeke in the in the red zone. 
in his 19 carries, he didn't have a single TD. So I feel like if they would use him a lot in the red zone, he would at least get in there a few times. But it also could have been of their offensive scheme and what they were going to expect, too. That's true. Early on throughout the season, they've been using Ezekiel just for the red zone. And then they tried using him as the main back in week one. Didn't work. That didn't work at all. It was basically blown out of the water. Um, I mean, so they were starting to mix it up. They found success. Yeah, I mean, as a professional hater of Ezekiel Elliott specifically, uh, this is what I've been praying for. I've been waiting for days like this. Um, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing if I'm seeing a 2.6 average yards per carry from him. Uh, Tony Pollard hung a beautiful 0.8 yards per carry. Yeah. I'm frustrated the Cowboys won this game because it certainly doesn't look like they deserved it. No. Um, but you know what? That's the NFC East for you. Uh, you have a lot of undeserving teams being good. Um, and speaking of the NFC East, let's talk about the Eagles' most fraudulent 4 of team of all time uh, against the Jaguars. <laughs> Now, I will obviously politely disagree. I disagree with you, too. Um, no, just... Are we not going to talk about the Steelers last year? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. That was pretty fraudulent. Yeah, that was pretty fraudulent. Or the Steelers, it like, was, what, it was, three years it was, ago, too? It was two years ago. Um, was it two years it, ago? It was 2020. They went 11-0. Yeah, that's right. And then lost that's to right. the com- then they lost football like, team. What, seven games in a row or something like that? Yep, and then ended up Fraudulent, if I've yeah. ever seen it. Yeah, I'm just um, trying to stir the pot here. So, uh, David. No, you definitely should. As, as the resident Eagles fan. It was not looking good for a while. No, it wasn't. Um, and I enjoyed. I, I wasn't much. able. I did too. I wasn't able to watch in for the first half or the first like half section of the first quarter. Seeing down fourteen zero, I was. There are so many things I can't say on this mic that I was doing. <laughs> um, I was very scared, and I was at work as well, so I couldn't really, you know, express my emotions and feelings. Um, but obviously, you saw the grit from this team. You see how they can win, in. Very bad conditions of 20-plus mile-an-hour winds. That's cross-swirling. Um, along as the pouring rain. the pouring rain, They were able to find it on the ground. Jalen Hurts still had over 200 yards passing. Um, that's elite. That's what you need in conditions like that. Um, I'm, he's really starting to prove his haters wrong um, when he's becoming as a passer, sitting in the pocket, finding the open guy, and not wanting to just get out of the sack and just instantly run away because that takes away basically the offensive scheme that you're going to have because then all you got to do is drop a linebacker out one, you're toast. Um, Jalen has fixed that the Lions had done that. <laughs> Which that was also a very close game too, but the defense was finally getting into their zone, um, only allowing, I mean, it, it, it's kind of insane when you think about it. They have allowed four touchdowns. In the past three games on defense, they forced what was it? Four fumbles from four. Yep, four fumbles Lawrence. and then a pick too by James Bradbury. I mean, which, granted, like honestly, saying. as of right now, I think he's the best free agent pickup any team has made. Um, how the Giants let him walk, I don't know, and they're mm-hmm. still being successful. So like they're finding other ways to win, um, but the Eagles are doing it out of slim pickings. And honestly, this team has really just shocked me, especially the um, the secondary as well. They've stepped up a lot. That's been their like biggest weakness too. Um, but they're first in turnover differentials, um, first in sacks. I mean, this defense is getting scary, and when you have a scary defense, you put the offense in successful positions to score the football, you're going to do that. The Eagles have done 20-plus every single game, and this is why. I mean, Miles Sanders I left on my bench for the first time of the season, and, of course, this is the game where he goes for 134 and two touchdowns. I did as well. Uh, it's bad times. I still think the Eagles are going to be first-round exits in the playoffs. 
and then that can always be a hot take. I also don't believe that the Titans are real. Um, I don't think they're even going to make the playoffs. But I've, I've been on that since week one. Um, when you lose to the Giants, not even lose. The Giants didn't beat you. Um, the Titans lost. Oh, Randy, Randy Bullock lost with a 42-yard chip shot. No, and I know, it's, it's pretty far. But like to, win, like to at least get that game going and put yourself in that spot and you blow the very first game, you lose a lot of hope very fast. I I was scared those first two games, 0-2 as a Titans fan. Whew. I would still I be scared for you. Yeah, I mean, no, I 100% am. Well, that leads great into the next game. We'll talk Titans-Colts as the resident Titans fan. Andrew, how are you feeling? Not good. We might have won this <laughs> game, but I am not feeling good. Because I, uh, the other day in class, I may have looked up the passing yards leaders for QBs. Guess where Ryan Tannehill was? Where was he, Andrew? Second to last in the league. <laughs> I don't remember who he was behind, but he was second to last in the league. It's probably Justin Fields. It's, it pro- de- it's, it's definitely Justin Fields. I feel like it was either Justin Fields or Marcus Mariota. I'll take a look. I'll find it. But I feel like we're just like relying on Derrick Henry too much. We had, uh, you know, A.J. Brown. Then he went to Philly. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so we had a receiver there, but Re- now he's gone. Greatly appreciated. Thank you. We just can't keep relying. We need receivers, and we need a a decent QB. Well, to see how I put it, um, Ryan Tannehill only had four incompletions. He had a 125 rating. Um, that might be one of the highest in his career. Um, but but he also, he, o- that? he only threw the ball 17 times. That's not yeah. actually going to show like throughout a season basis of what you're going to actually get from that man. And we've seen it in the playoffs, too. I mean, you have multiple collapses when you are on the throttle. And he just can't get it done. He can't make the passes. Um, he's kind of like Kirk Cousins, who can actually get into the playoffs, but then can't do anything with you there. Yeah. Um, and it hurts me to see that. Which, <laughs> really by the bad. way, <laughs> your leading receiver only had 38 yards. You want to take a stab at how to say that guy's name? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Okonwu. I think it's Okonkwu. Sounds good. It's one of the two. We'll roll with it. Um, but then again, you look at the receiving core and who you got. Um. The Titans traded away A.J. Brown for a first and a third round pick. They used that first round pick on Trey Lindbergh's. No, they did you, not. Are you serious? Yes. Oof. Yes, they did. <laughs> Ooh, man. <laughs> and what did they get out of this man? Hmm. So far, he's got 10 catches and 129 yards for the year. That's not really first round pick worthy. Um, they got this guy basically to be another version of A.J. Brown. In all honesty, you cannot find another version of A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is going to do what A.J. Brown does, which is third in the league in receptions and well, yards. Well, on the plus side, our defense uh, only allowed Jonathan Taylor to have 42 yards on 20 carries with 2.1 Granted, he was hurt. He are was we, hurt. Are we going to ring the alarm bells on biggest first pick bust ever in fantasy football on Jonathan Taylor? Because it's starting to get a little sketchy. Yes. I mean, like, we're four games in. Bros laid some eggs. Yes. And he's not playing next week, am I right? Uh, I'm not I sure. I mean, they, they have a Thursday slate, and... I don't think he's playing. He's trying to come back. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, even if he, he does was, come back, he's going to lay another goose egg in fantasy, I believe. I mean, he was he was a non-participant today, on <laughs> uh, Tuesday, on his not practice. Not what you want to see. No. No. So that that's something to monitor. But the Titans 
get the win 24-17 against the Colts, who looked very lackluster. Uh, you know, big stat line for Matt Ryan, I guess, but... Yeah, he did have a pretty good stat line there. Not enough to get the job done. Almost is, 400, well, 350 passing yards. That's good. Two TDs. Not bad for an old man. I'm it's not going to lie. Matty not Ice, keeping it alive. Former MVP. Former MVP. All right, let's talk uh, let's talk some Bears-Giants. Just a gritty game. We're going to talk America's about how the game fact of the that, night. Are we going to talk <laughs> about how the uh, Giants went through, uh, what was it, three QBs? Because didn't... I no, I they've only got two listed here. I don't know if maybe they had a guy take snaps, but he didn't I've, throw one. Okay. The third guy that you're talking about yeah, Saquon. was Saquon Barkley. Yep. Yep. Saquon they, took snaps. They yep. ran out of the Wildcat and were still able to beat the Chicago Bears. Um, the Chicago Bears, to me, probably the biggest fraud, fraudulent <laughs> 500 team. Oh, 100%. Um, I don't Justin think, Fields. I don't sorry. think Justin Fields is the answer. I'm sorry to cut you off. You just said his name. I had to say that. I don't. <laughs> I do not think he is the answer. I'll co-sign on that. David, back to what you're saying. Fifty percent completion percentage. Money. One hundred and seventy-four yards. Money. Which you got to subtract nineteen yards from that from net yards because he got sacked six times. He got sacked six times. QBR thirty-five point one with a seventy-six rating. Not what you want from a first-round pick who you're building your future around. Um, He doesn't feel comfortable. Mm -mm. Chicago definitely is not the place. He should have found another home, probably the Colts, if they would have traded up for Justin Fields. I feel like that would have been a better fit um, because of their running scheme that they have and the fact that they want to spend every single pick on a veteran QB rather than develop one. Mm -hmm. Um, Chicago's not cutting it. They don't have any weapons around him. Um, You have Darnell Mooney. And that's it for the wide receiver room. Yeah. You have Khalil Herbert, who's starting to break out a little bit, but like they're still not using him in the right spots because you can't get that third and one, third and two, because they're starting third and 12, second and 15 every time because you're getting sacked, you're getting incompletions, you're not doing anything with the ball. It's really messing up their mojo. Um, I just don't think they're going to su- sustain success. It's not going to happen with Justin Fields and what they're giving him right now. I was talking to one of my buddies uh, after the game. We'll get to the Lions game in a second. I'm trying to put that off. Uh, (laughs) um, He was telling me, he was like, what we got to do is take the Bears defense and put the Lions offense on the same team. Because then if that happens, that team wins the Super Bowl. If you have Bears defense, Lions offense on the same squad, nobody's stopping. It's impossible. But the Bears offense is garbage. 12 points. Which is impressive in its own. You get a touchdown and or hold on, did they score a touchdown? I think they did, and then missed a um, two point conversion. Uh, I don't think they scored a touchdown. I think they scored three field goals or four field goals. <laughs> they scored four. Wow, field goals. yeah, they did. Yeah, because then they I'm cut the kicker. The game. Yeah, they did. Oh, wow. so all the Lions fans right now want the kicker because our kickers are garbage. He missed a PAT. I'm fine with that, honestly. I'll take it. But do you guys want to hear something insane? What's up? He threw for – Fields threw for 174 yards last game. Yeah. Yep. And that was the most he's thrown in the season. He has 471 on the season. Uh, through four games. Through four games. That is definitely on, the lowest. Was it Sunday Night Football, Packers-Bears the other day? Yeah. He went 7 for 11 with 70 yards and an interception. <laughs> that is insane. He has the lowest per-game average in the league. Trey Lance is on this list, but he got hurt. 
Yeah, that's two games in, so I'm not gonna factor that in. <laughs> but he's at 117.8. 30th <laughs> is 157.8. So he's 40 yards behind the next lowest per game passing yards, which is Daniel Jones. Money Mitch, the MVP. Mitch Trubisky. You mean is the above uh, him. Nickelodeon MVP? Well, that's the MVP. Oh, yeah, I thought you said M. Oh, no, 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 no. N. NVP. N, okay. NVP. Uh, the GOAT, if you will. <laughs> oh, the one that got benched last game? We don't, we're not, don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Uh, Wasn't he on your fantasy team? Yeah, he's my backup. I don't start him. Poor I have him, just in case. Uh, so the Giants, the most fraudulent 3-1 and team of all time. Uh, now they move past the Bears, who are the most fraudulent 2-2 two and two team of all time. Uh, just really two teams that don't deserve any wins, I would say. Okay, but like, I feel like we have to talk about Saquon Barkley, and now that he's actually healthy. He's, he's looking decent. He's elite. He's, he's elite. He was saying in the offseason, um, nobody wants to see me. Nobody is going to get in my way. I'm going to do what I'm going to blanking do. And he's doing it right now. Um, I feel like he is a top three running back in this league right now. As of through these four weeks, Saquon Barkley, you do not want to see him in fantasy. You don't want to see him when your defense is lining up against him. You definitely don't want to see him in the Wildcat because there's nothing you can do when Saquon is having the ball in his hands. He's going to run it down your throat. That dude is a physical machine. Injuries killed him. Being on the New York Giants has killed him. Um, but I'm really happy that he's getting that resurgence too. Um, he definitely deserved it. I mean, who do you have in your top three then? I would say Derrick Henry, Lamar Jackson, and Saquon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Lamar's in the MVP conversation though. I think Lamar, as of right now, probably is number one for MVP. I would agree with that. It, it would him or the Eagles as a whole. Yeah, just give it to the entire roster. <laughs> honestly, it's unreal. Uh, let's talk about Money Mitch and his Steelers, or not so much his Steelers anymore, I guess. Uh, Jets, <laughs> Jets Steelers. Zach Wilson making his long-awaited return, and he looked good and a very good gritty as well. A very good gritty. We, we got to put. It that was no there. Dallas Go- or uh, Mike Gesicki. Sorry about slander. Dallas Goddard. This is Oof. a Dallas Goddard free zone or uh, slander free zone. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, but Zach Wilson hit the gritty. Uh, it looked good. Um, so props to him on that. That takes a lot of guts to pull off a gritty at this point because we've seen Kirk Cousins do it, and that went poorly. Mike Gusecki, poorly. I say we just leave it to Justin Jefferson. I say we leave it to Justin Jefferson. Maybe Zach Wilson, we can sneak in there. Uh, It's a good second. Even tying it with soccer, or tying in with soccer, Christian Plissick, you got to stay away from it too. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) But, guys, Money Mitch, his ride has ended, it appears, in Pittsburgh at least for the time being, uh, Kenny got picked. It um, very first pass in the NFL. That poor guy. Uh, and then he got picked two more times. Yeah, he had three yeah. interceptions. So Did Money he, Mitch, he went- Money Mitch only threw one, and he gets benched. But Kenny Pickett can throw three, and he's still the answer. All I'm gonna say is it says here, Kenny Pickett was ten for thirteen. In my book, he was thirteen for thirteen. Just the three incompletions were picks. Good point. I like the way you think. The ball think. has never touched the ground the with Kenny Pickett never throwing the ball the in a Bingo. professional NFL game. Our podcast here already picking up on the intricacies of the NFL. Najee Harris, pretty good day, too, at the office, 74 yards rushing. Uh, these teams are just so weird, and most of the time I don't know anyone on the roster. Uh, NFL young boy George Pickens might be the best <laughs> wide receiver in the league. 
uh, bullying people at all times. And Six receptions for 102. That's impressive. Yeah. for He was a like, what, a fifth-round pick or something? Weird. He was a low pick, I thought. He might have been a second. I was think, he a second? Well, or was he, he was a second? I'm sorry. Yeah, he, he was a second. Yeah, yeah, I just remember seeing the video of him all like hunched over, like looking at the uh, <laughs> who was TV. The, wasn't there only one QB taken in the first round this year? Or it was, was it w- and it was Pickett. It was Pickett. It yeah. was Pickett. Yeah. Yeah. Pick twenty. Who? Reason for that? It seems. We're gonna get to another rookie QB coming up too. Are we? Patriots. Oh yeah, we can get to Bailey Zappi. Ooh. Talk some Patriots Packers uh, real quick. That was a two and two now are the Jets in a pretty wide open AFC East. The Bills if you were, more I have a question for you guys. Who's okay. a more fraudulent two and two team? Bears. Bears or Jets? Bears. Eas- easily the Bears. Easily Bears, the Bears are probably one of the, the worst teams I've ever seen. The Jets actually seem like they're somewhat of a competent football team all around. Which um, is surprising. And it's because they're actually drafting right. They're actually building around their guys and they're getting other people that can fill in. Who would have um, thought? Who would have thought if you make good draft picks, you're actually going to be good? It's Who would have thought? <laughs> it's weird. It only took them 45 years to figure no that kidding. out. No kidding. Um, shout out to Geno Smith and Mark Sanchez, the butt fumble. Um, which, not not the reigning butt fumble king, though. That's no, Dalvin Cook. No. Props what to about him. the butt punt? Well, the butt punt's his own separate genre And they greatness. still won that game, too. They did still they win still that game against the Bills. Which one? Oh, the butt punt? Yeah, the butt okay. punt. Well, the butt fumble, too. Also, they, that team won the game as well. Uh, yeah, let's definitely talk about Packers Patriots. Uh, a really good game uh, from a scoring standpoint. Brian Hoyer comes into this game as the starter with Mac Jones being injured after his gritty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not, he didn't get hurt on that, I don't think, but he was banged up. Hoyer goes down, and then people start getting zapped. Bailey Zappy out on the field. 10 the, for 15, 99 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. QBR, nothing to write home about. No. But he did get hit. Like, he got sacked three times. Dude hung in there. First NFL action, you get hit. I respect it. I feel it. like he was a steal in the draft because he popped off at college. He did pop off at college. But he, it was a lower D1 team, right? Western Kentucky? Yes. Yeah, because he was the FBS leader in passing yards. He broke the record, I think. So I feel like he was kind of a steal that draft. But do you think Brian Hoyer Hoyer will be ready for next week, or they go back with? I think they're going to go back with Zappy. I really um, hope they do. When go you with saw, momentum. Yeah, you already saw with what he did. I mean, both QBs didn't throw for over a hundred yards. Granted, Brian Hoyer literally died, <laughs> um, but Bailey Zappy was in there for the majority of the snaps and still couldn't get over that hump, which kind of led to only Nelson Aguilar getting forty-six yards as your leading receiver. Um, not what you want to see at all. Um, but like I was saying, whenever you were saying that they have to gel and get chemistry, this is a third-string QB. Yeah. Not even oh, just yeah. a second string. He's not getting any snaps. What round did they get Zappy? Uh, let me pull it up real quick. Um, this has – he was a fourth-round pick. Fourth. Pick 32, so basically a fifth-round pick. Yeah. Really? Honestly, no, no disrespect though, intended. Still? Bailey, Bailey sorry. Still pretty high if you're looking at Mac Jones as your possible future. Um, that's what kind of shocked me too, and I totally forgot about Bailey Zappi as well um, until he got onto the field. But he looked pretty good. I mean, the Patriots, props to them, almost beating a really good two and one, now three and one Packers team with MVP back to back Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron's starting to heat up again. Everyone was kind of dogging on him after Week One. Uh, everyone forgets that Aaron Rodgers plays. 
terrible every week one of every year because it's where it's like, all right, Aaron Rodgers, he's finally washed. The Packers are going to be garbage. The NFC North is wide open. And then Aaron Rodgers starts tripping on mushrooms again. It's over. <laughs> it's over. There's never a chance, and it's not fair. Uh, Rodgers, <laughs> two touchdowns, an interception, got sacked once, 251. Aaron Jones, 110 days – or, oh, sorry, 110 yards in his day at the office. Such a weird receiving core, but getting Alan Lazard back seems to have done wonders for the Packers' offense. Is he their number one wide receiver? Yes. By far, their number one. Well, when you have a free touchdown go through your hands. Probably not, probably not a very good number one, though, if we're being honest. I, I think – but he's been solid. Yeah, I mean, he's holding his own. I mean, he is if you, holding his own. If you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers who can get you the ball, it doesn't matter. All you got to do is catch are. the ball. Exactly. I mean, ask Christian Watkins. You catch those free touchdowns or you don't see the field again. <laughs> and that's where he's at. He's he on caught one ball, but I think he only got oh, he got targeted three times, so hopefully he didn't have a drop for his sake. But Packers moved to 3 and 1. Patriots down to 1 and 3. It's weird seeing the Patriots below 500 by two games. But. Even weirder seeing the Jets over the Patriots. That catches oh, that's, me off guard so much. Well, <laughs> it's different. We got to avoid talking about like that. That's just not okay. <laughs> Bills Ravens. This, I think, was probably game of the day, uh, at least in that noon slate. This is what everyone was talking about because the Ravens were just pounding the Bills early on in the game. 14-3 at the end of the first quarter. They were up 20-10 to at half. And then uh, people remembered why Josh Allen is potentially the best player in the NFL. I mean, you have to give credit to the Bills' defense, too, because they held the Ravens scoreless in the second half. Yes. And you saw, well, me and you for our sports media class saw that defense on display week one against the Rams. They... They could very well be a top five defense in the NFL. And you already have a pretty, I would say, a pretty elite. I'm not sold yet entirely on their offense because I think there's a couple weird things still happening. But It's I mean, elite. It's, and you have the elite pieces, which is necessary. You got Stephon Diggs. You got Josh Allen. Once those guys figure it out, watch out. It's over. Is Josh Allen the best QB in the league? It depends how you want to attack it. Um, Depends on if we count Lamar Jackson as a running back or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, Who did not have a great game, by the way. I would say with his arm and with his decision-making right now, other than that one really bad throw that he had to lose that game last week, it's hands down Josh Allen. Can't forget about his mean, stiff arm abilities. Yeah. That dude is a menace when he steps onto the field. I mean, all of that 6'5 frame that he's going to do, he's got 70 yards that he can just unload at any time. Two stuff on. Who's gonna get open? Yeah. Um. He didn't really do it this game. He was the first three weeks. Oh my gosh, has he been dangerous? It's been really scary to see this offense go. Um. But it's kind of like how you were saying it's make or break. You got to let those pieces kind of come together and gel. When they don't, they're gonna get exposed. That's what happened last year as well with the Bills when they did lose. Um. I also just don't believe that the Ravens' defense is really gonna put them anywhere. Um, only being two and two with an MVP front runner demanding to get paid, <laughs> you have to ball out for that man. And Former, he's balling out. He is insanely balling out. Um, actually, out of his mind, I'm pretty sure this is the best run that he's been in is in in his entire career so far. Um, even going past that MVP season he had in 2019. It is worth noting he did have a down day, I would say, on Sunday. 144 yards, passing a touchdown, two picks. He did run for 73 yards, but 
On the other side of running back coming out. There it is, right? Lamar B. Uh, We've got Josh Allen, who threw for 213 yards and ran for 70 yards himself. Josh Allen, maybe there's basically we saw the best two dual threat quarterbacks in the league. Jalen Hurts is right on the outside. I'll say that he's a he's a really good three. Absolutely, absolutely. It's because of his passing that's holding him back. We don't know through four games. It's really hard. We've seen it through Lamar, and we've seen it through Josh Allen. We know what they can do. Jalen is a toss-up. It's yeah. really hard to put him in there. He's starting to establish himself in that conversation, though, and honestly, probably putting himself at least in the top ten at this point in the season. Did Josh Allen really run the ball that much last year? I don't goal, know, line, he, goal line, yes. Goal line, yeah, yeah he's a yeah. tank. Because well, he, he was their running back last year. I will say Josh Allen probably is the smartest player pound for pound in like the way that he uses like his physical – nature like there's few guys that actually like okay i'm bigger than you i'm going to like just punish you there are a few guys that do that on offense as well as josh allen yeah josh allen knows he's bigger than you and he'll run you over yep which is terrifying knowing that you could end up on a mixtape as a safety because the quarterback runs you over it's like when stafford put a spin move on a guy and then got picked off by him but anyway we put it (laughs) off long enough i think this is the last game of the sunday noon slate we've arrived at seahawks lions (laughs) <laughs> we got score gami out of it. I'll just start with that. So we got some positive. No, got, your offense looked tremendous. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you're the number one scoring offense in the entire league. Lions averaging like 40 points a game, I think. Uh, the Still offense looks one elite. Three. Yeah, we're trying our best. Uh, this game was wild. Uh, it's the highest scoring game uh, so far in the NFL this year. You know, we went back and forth, and at the end of the day, the Lions are going to Lions, and they did. And I, you know, I'm trying to avoid the same old Lions trope that they fall into so often because it's boring. Uh, It's overplayed, and I'm sick of saying it, but they look like the Lions every week. Um, Jared Goff is in the MVP conversation if they can start winning. He's number one in the league in touchdowns. He is fourth in the league in passing yards. I don't, it just His defense is the best way I've seen it explained. Even if the Lions had just a bad defense, they would be above 500 right now. They have a historically bad defense. This is the worst defense through the first four weeks ever. We are the number one scoring offense, and we have one win. That's 45 points in an NFL game, and you lose. I don't know what else to do. TJ Hawkinson, I guess, is back. Uh, Geno Smith is him. I think I know what happened. Rashad Penny's him, too. What's up? You ran into MVP Geno Smith. Good call. I see. I just I feel bad. I always forget that Geno's just him. Um, He's got that dog in him. He has the certified dog in him. Uh, 320. This is ba- Okay, this is a good analogy. Ready? So back in, like, 2014, and the Lions played the Packers. Uh, Stafford threw for 510 yards and was the second-leading passer in that game uh, because Matt Flynn threw for 549. That wow. was basically this game. It's watching your superior quarterback get outplayed by Geno Smith. Matt Flynn and Geno Smith are the same tier, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I will say. It was painful. I feel like when the Seahawks win, Geno Smith just pops off. You saw it week one against the Broncos. We did. It's like he's got something to prove. Like he's got a chip on his shoulder. He has not been terrible. No, he's been serviceable. No, not at all. Better than Russell Wilson. 
I would say that's probably a bad thing for the Seahawks. Um, I think they were like, I think they were kind of banking on him not being good, and they were going to try to get that high draft pick. He's got him at two and two right now. That's impressive. Yeah, I mean, Rashad Penny looked really good. Uh, again, we have to take everything the Seahawks did offensively with a grain of salt. Um, but DK yeah. Metcalf finally got going. Tyler Lockett got going. DK got going after he got carted off the field. He did have to get carted off the field to go take a poop. Uh, as it turns out, one of my favorite interactions ever, by the way, between a play-by-play announcer and a sideline reporter. Chris Myers goes, uh, Jenny, what do you have for us on the uh, DK Metcalf situation? And she goes, um, so, like, we like to think that athletes are superhumans, right? Sometimes normal human functions happen for these guys. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, I, I can't believe it. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, I mean, yeah, he did his job. We all were like, oh, my goodness, DK Metcalf's getting carted off. And he was just like, nah, I just I had to go. I, he got on Twitter afterwards, I think, and was like, yeah, the clench walk wasn't going to hold it. Um, I was laughing I had they to offered me the card, and I'm like, I'm not going to say no. I would never <laughs> yeah. say no. I mean, it looks kind of fun. If you're not hurt, I would love to ride on the cart. I would love to drive the cart. I, like Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> to Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't want to be on there when I had to go number two. Um that's one of my biggest lows I don't want to do, especially on live television. Yeah. It's kind of like Paul Pierce getting in the wheelchair to get, you know, he had the cramps going. Yeah. His yeah. stomach cramps, as it turned out, and he just really had to go to the bathroom. But you know what? His legacy lives on, unlike this year's Lions, who fall the 1-3 Seahawks up to 2-2, two two, 48-45. The final score, Gami, the first of the season. Huge W. On to the 325 slate. I believe. I think we got some of those games already. Uh, yeah, because we hit. We were bouncing Packers. all over the place. We did start bouncing. Uh, Chargers Texans, I think. We didn't get Chargers Texans, and we didn't get. Raiders Broncos Chiefs Bucks Cardinals Panthers. Yes. Okay. So yeah, let's go with the Chargers Texans game. Uh, Justin Herbert has tenderized ribs at this point, I think. Uh, he's got cartilage, like, super jacked up in his ribs. Uh, but he's got that dog. Uh, and here at On the Clock, we respect everyone that has that dog. Uh, so Justin Herbert might be my dog of the week, honestly. Um, Davis Mills, though, not to be outdone, oh, did throw two tutties. Two this is something I've never seen before, I don't think. One person ran the ball for Houston the entire game. Wow, yeah. Damian Pierce was the only person who attempted a run. He only carried it 14 times. Davis Mills threw Bro. 35 times. Well, there's your problem. No offense to Davis Mills, but... <laughs> You're playing Ooh. a really good team like the Chargers. You're going to need to run it more than more than that. Yeah, you got to control the clock at least a little bit. I mean, they were down 27-7 at half. So props to the Texans for making a game again. Yep, yep. Their defense held up. Yeah, Mike Williams got going again. I think that's the second or third week in a row where he's put up almost 100 yards. Uh, so good if you're a Chargers fan to see that starting to come back into right, some sort like of Right, actually becoming consistent. Yeah, because, I mean, you don't spots. have Keenan Allen right now. No, so, so he has to be that guy. Yeah. Um, and seeing him come up in those spots when he doesn't have Keenan Allen, very huge. You really want to see that if you're a Chargers fan. Um, yeah. Same with Austin Eckler, too. Just yeah. balling out, man. Um, he can do it all. Don't let the bald head fool you. He will run you over. No matter who you are in his way, he will find a way to get around you and get into that end zone. And that's exactly what he did. Um, 
with like two minutes left into the game, could have easily iced it. Eckler says, nope, let me help out my fantasy owners. Extra seven right there. Shout out to Austin Eckler. Don't, don't ice the game, put up fantasy points. Unless you're the Cleveland Browns. Unless you're the Cleveland Browns. 34-24, the final. Chargers, Texans. Uh, Texans, 0-3-1. And, and Chargers, 2-2 two and two now. Do we think the Chargers make the playoffs? The AFC is a really weird conference this year. Especially uh, the AFC West. I think there's also just like a stupid amount of 2-2 two and two teams. There really is. Yeah. Across the board. Um, let's see. I, can, I think I can sort this by, yeah. There are... <laughs> Eight, two and two teams in the AFC. The Jaguars, the Browns, the Bengals, the Titans, the Ravens, the Jets, the Chargers, and the Broncos. It's a really weird group. Um, but it really depends on how Justin Herbert holds up throughout the rest of the year, I would say. Um, but I would be shocked. I'd be really, really surprised if the Chargers don't make the playoffs, I would say. I, I think Justin Herbert's just that guy. Um, he's in my top five QBs in the league right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he gets the job done. Also, the Chiefs being quietly 3-1. and one, I think nobody's talking about him anymore. No, at all. Um, so you Because know. they're missing Tyree Kill, which was on that big undefeated team for the Miami Dolphins until they ended up losing to a... Um, I mean, people are saying that Tyree Kill is the reason that teams start undefeated. That's what my sources are telling me. He really does bring that dog. Out of most of the guys, too. It's because you really have to worry about them early in the game, which gets your run going. Yep. And when you get that run going, it gets your whole offensive scheme and playbook into effect. You can actually start mixing plays to, like, get the defense to bite. Think you're going to do one thing. It's when you beat them over the head with Tyreek. That's why he is such a big impact, especially with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, the last four years, it's been Mahomes' world. It has been <laughs> his land, and he has just been walking all over anybody who steps in his way. And a big part of that is because of Tyreek Hill, um, to complement with Travis Kelsey. Um, not having that anymore, and Patrick Mahomes still putting up the numbers that he is with the guys that he has, shows way more about Patrick Mahomes than it does Tyreek Hill. Um, obviously, you still got to throw the ball in there. You still got to hope that the wide receiver ends up catching it. But he's given the faith to him, and I mean, it's working so far. I mean, it's not like Patrick doesn't have a wide receiver core right. or people to throw to. He's still got... Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, all those guys. I mean, yeah, missing Tyreek, he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. It's going to hurt. It's really going to hurt, and you're going to see it a lot in the postseason, too, when they yeah, can't I can run see that. many of those. Eh, F it. He's, he's up there somewhere. Um, one of those. <laughs> one of my favorite frays. memes. One of my favorite memes. Just it any, st- it any, started with him. Like Kyler, uh, it started with Calvin Johnson. Let's be careful there. Okay, fair enough. Sorry, sorry. He's a Lions fan. You got to give him something. I know. Yeah, like, give me just one touchy win, touchy. please. <laughs> he got the one win. Uh, oh, this is pain. Uh, speaking of pain, Cardinals-Panthers, that game was awful to watch on Red Zone. Anytime this game turned on. Uh, I turned on my phone. I got on my phone. That was a phone game for sure. Yeah, I stopped watching. And I have Kyler game. Murray on my fantasy team, and I was still doing it because it was just horrible to watch. Um Baker Mayfield really let me down this year. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. I had so much faith in him. It's tough. I thought, change your scenery, you know. A seven QBR last week. Yeah. <laughs> it was really easy to, to blame his struggles early with that good of a core last year in Cleveland because of his injury. 
and what he was fighting through, what do you say now? Why did Christian McCaffrey only get eight carries? Because he was probably having to be the wide receiver for most of the game. Which he nine was. Receptions, he nine, nine receptions. Yeah. yeah. PPR owners rejoicing. They're definitely rejoicing. Um, I'm glad that's to see a problem. him stay healthy th- this year, though. I that hope is- he does. If we can get a year where Saquon and Christian McCaffrey stay healthy and Derrick Henry, I'd be a happy guy. I like it when good running backs run the league. Pun what intended. What were you saying there, Dave? <laughs> About... I lost my train of thought. Oh. You're welcome. It, it, it happens sometimes. <laughs> it happens sometimes. But, no, uh, I really just had high hopes for Baker. You know, new new area. You know it was rough with him in Cleveland, you know. They thought he was the guy. Led him to the playoffs in what year was that, 18? Sounds right. Uh, it was 19. 19. It was 19? Yep. Well, it led him to the playoffs. First time in how long? Very long time. Yeah, very long. And then what? They just go out and trade for Deshaun Watson and give him another shot? I mean, now that you see how Baker Mayfield is playing out, is that really that bad of a decision? But I feel like that <sighs> shot his confidence, too, though, if you think about it. I mean, he's I would say he's a very streaky player. He kind of reminds me of J.R. Smith, uh, like an NFL standard um, of it. You know, like J.R. Smith would have those games where he'd go off for like 40, and then the next game he'd go 0 for 10 in the <laughs> field. It's kind of like that with Baker. Baker would throw for – he can throw for over 400. It's just that he has a lot of games where he's throwing for under 200. And you have to kind of like, yeah. is that a good trade-off as a system and a franchise? I don't know. Definitely not what you want to see. I would say no, especially if you're 1-3 and three like they are now. Cardinals 2-2. Two and two. So that's, uh, yeah. You know NFC. how you guys were talking about Jalen Hurts being the number three, uh, Josh Allen being the number two, and Lamar being the number one. Are you going to ask us about our top five QBs right now? No, no. It's mm-hmm. about passing and running the ball. Right. Where do you put Kyler in that list? Because I feel like he can do both too. I mean, obviously Kyler, not their levels, but I feel like he Kyler can do both. Well. is kind of like letting a fifth grade elementary kid <laughs> into middle school PE for <laughs> um, freeze tag, and then let him be like the last person standing, and then everybody else going to chase him. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen a ten year old run. Um, you <laughs> can't catch him. At all. And this is what Kyler is doing literally through the first four games because um, their line is atrocious. Yep. It is awful. Um, that's why you're seeing so it's much like of the memes, and that's why they're failing so much is because Kyler cannot throw the ball. He's got to run the entire time. Um, but he's he has to be up there in one of the best running QBs because he has no choice. <laughs> he's running he, for his life. That's not a system thing. He's just he's trying running, to survive. He's running for both games. Um and if the Oakland Raiders didn't have Josh McDaniels as their head coach, I feel like the Cardinals are 1-3. and three. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely got bailed out of there, especially with Hunter Renfro having two fumbles. Just, I mean, yeah, that's awful. Yeah. That's really bad. There's nothing else you could really say. Speaking of the Raiders, we'll move into that game next. Broncos-Raiders. Uh, Russ is still not really cooking. Uh, Broncos country is not riding. They're trying to let it ride. It's not working too well. It is not working too well. They lost Javante Williams to an ACL tear as well in that game. Uh, my flex spot is now in shambles on one yep. of my teams. Um, but more than anything, you're looking at these stats. K.J. Hamler had a 55-yard catch. Judy had 53 yards. Sutton had 52. But there's no one above 60 yards receiving for the Broncos. And you got a guy that's supposed to gunsling with Russell Wilson. And if the gunslinger's not slinging, 
what do you have him there for? He doesn't have that dual threat capability that he used to, I would say. It's really hard to put... It's really hard to shoot a bullet out of a gun when you have no gunpowder to have it behind. <laughs> and that gunpowder right now definitely is their confidence. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think they feel confident doing anything offensively. They're letting that defense eat and eat and eat. In this game right here, you're going to see why that's a really bad decision. Um, Derek Carr, 21 for 34. Um, did not throw a passing touchdown. Didn't really do that much. But what they did do <laughs> was let Josh Jacobs eat on my fantasy bench. <laughs> he did the exact same thing. I actually had Javante on my be- on my um, RB2, and I sat Josh Jacobs. I go, yep, Ooh. this is going to be the pick. This is where Ooh. Javante explodes. I didn't mean his ACL. I did <laughs> wow. not mean his ACL. <laughs> Rough. Um, that completely blew me out of the water. I lost by two. Um, to say I was furious is an understatement. I really feel like the receiving for the Broncos, their leading receiver had one reception for 55 yards. That's not going to get it done. No. Especially in that division. No, their division's tough. Tough. I mean, the Raiders are in their division. They just lost. I mean, you're yeah, talking the Raiders about- were 0-3, but the Raiders aren't no team where you can just like go in and think, oh, we have an easy win, I don't think. Every single game for the Raiders – has been close. It has been within under 10. Yeah, they're a close game team. They like they just, close games. They just haven't been able to close it out. And I'm putting mostly of that blame on Josh McDaniels <laughs> and um, their offensive coordinator. I'm blanking on his name. I really don't know. Um, he should be fired. I, <laughs> I don't want to know it. He saved his job for a week at least here. but <laughs> He should still be fired. Um, when you have Devontae Adams and you have Darren Waller, and you have Josh Jacobs. Hunter Renfro was hurt this week. Um, but like a good RB th- or a wide receiver three. Good wide good receiver slot. three when he's healthy. Yeah. Yep. You have that receiving core through your first three weeks, and you lose every single one. And it's not like Derek Carr's a, a bad quarterback by any means. No. Nope. He was in MVP conversations before he ended up tearing his ACL 2018. And he's been doing well this year as yeah, well. He's been starting to pick it up, and it just doesn't show us because their defense has been blowing and blowing. <laughs> they cannot convert third down conversions. Um, they're not targeting the right guys at the right times. Um, Spencer knows about bad defense. Through the first three weeks, they had Devontae Adams. They had Devonta Adams. 17 receptions on 34 targets. That either means Devontae Adams is not catching the ball, which he does catch the ball. He is really good. Or he is throwing it into double coverage because no one else is getting open. And that's exactly what's happening. He's not having anyone else to throw to. His other guys aren't performing. He's not really having that option to hit his guys. So it's looking like Derek Carr is really regressing to a meme standard. He led that team to the playoffs last year with a worse receiving core. Darren Waller was hurt three-fourths of the year. I would know. He was on my fantasy IR. <laughs> um, and Josh Jacobs was not it last year. It was the Hunter Renfro show. Yeah. I mean, they brought in literally maybe the best wide receiver in the game. To me – yeah. Last season, the best. Yep. <laughs> Was the best. I mean, that just shows that, they, you know, call the Aaron Rodgers effect. You know, a guy like Aaron Rodgers gets you the ball whether you like it or not yeah. for some of your guys. So Raiders go, you know, they get in the win column, one and three now. Uh, Broncos fall to two and two. The Sunday night game, which is one that a lot of us, I would say, had kind of circled. Uh, really big gunslinging matchup between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady in Tampa. Did they play that game in Tampa? Yep. They did, yeah. They wow. ended up still playing it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's that. But 
uh, a really high-scoring affair here as well. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, not as many yards as you would think for a team that put up 41 points, but he did have thirty or uh, three touchdowns in that game. Clyde Edwards-Alaire finally broke out of the barn with his running. Right. Which, that, that's felt like a year in the works. Just felt like he hasn't been able to get going, which, again, their offensive line is not great either. No, it's not. Do you want to hear what I think the craziest stat is for this game? The entire game rushing for the uh, Buccaneers had a total of, uh, well, they had two rushers. One, uh, White had six yards, Leonard Fournette, negative three. Tom Brady, and threw, Tom Brady threw the ball 52 times. 52 <laughs> times. <laughs> Nothing. I am, I am not yards. a mathematician. Um, but when you have 376 of your yards of offense and you can only take away three from that number and give it to your running backs, that is horrendous. That is why you lost the game. Granted, they scored 31 points. What is 31 points going to do if you have to be a one-way system? That's kind of the same thing we were talking about with Josh Allen. As soon as you neutralize his arm, it's over because then he has to become the running back you can't do anything. You take the Stephon Diggs out of the game. It's the same way with Tom Brady, and you take away his rushing game and his screen game because he's not going to run out of the pocket. He's 45 years old. <laughs> he's he barely able league? to play. He's barely able to play this year because of his wife and family. That's, that's a just, whole debacle yeah, going on right now. Topic. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just a huge thing happening right now. Um, just what in the world? <laughs> Tom Brady takes a guy into his to his house, and then him and his wife get a divorce, and then that guy is posting his wife on his Instagram. It's messed up. It is. But, okay, back to the point. Do you guys think Tom Brady's still an elite quarterback? I would say he is. I would say Brady's still elite. you got to give him the props where props is due. Um, he threw the ball 52 times, not a single interception. I mean, Joe you Flacco get scared. was doing stuff like that right. this year. Okay, so, uh, you will hater. get scared anytime Tom Brady steps on the field because it is Tom Brady. Yep. Um, that's how you know he's an elite quarterback. I would say that's why people know he's the GOAT. <laughs> exactly. If, if, if I was looking and I see Ryan Tannehill, okay, I'm not picking about it just because you're a Titans fan. <laughs> I am. But if I Ouch. look from his 2019 season where he actually decided to explode um, <laughs> and bring that team, and then I look at him now, I'm not going to have that same effect that I did 2019. Brady will bring that no matter what because he finds ways to win, and he's proven it. Um, he is definitely a top 10. He's not top 5 this season at all. His first three weeks were really underwhelming considering that he led the league in passing at 44 years old which is an insane stat in its own, and did win MVP. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Masked Singer might just be taking up too much of his time. Honestly, that probably is. Al- allegedly, he's on it. I don't watch the show. I don't know what it's about. So, Allegedly, he's there, though. No, so. I wouldn't know. He takes Wednesdays off as well, as from what we've been told. So, yeah, that game, 41-31. Chiefs get the better of Brady. Possibly the last time we see Mahomes Brady, uh, which is kind of disappointing, but that's been— It'll definitely be the last time. Yeah, I don't see the Bucks making it to the Super Bowl. And I don't see both of them making the Super Bowl together. Um, yeah. Last game of the week, Rams-Niners on Monday night. This really hits home. Um, first, I predicted from Friday that the 49ers were going to win. I didn't think it was going to be in as dominating fashion as it was. Um, Jimmy G just outright, he didn't really like do too much, but you don't need to 
when your defense isn't allowing a touchdown. You did your job. Matt Stafford didn't get it done. Um, when you talk about their receiving, he only had two guys who had over four receptions, which was Cooper Cup with 14 and Tyler Higbee with 10. And he's got the talent around him to hit other guys. He does. Allen Robinson? Their line is also very atrocious, which is kind of what you're – what you're kind of seeing with these run and gun teams, you see a bunch of them where you don't have that good of alliance. So you're like, okay, we're going to give you two seconds. <laughs> you got to beat our guy. We're going to throw him the ball, see what you do. Um, they tried that at the end of the fourth quarter, pick six, very bad. Um, I so was Stafford with- did throw a touchdown then. He did, yeah, okay. he did to the other team. Yeah, <laughs> a dot to the ops. I was gonna say. It was it was pretty good. Um, if you were a 49ers fan, <laughs> I was a 49ers fan. Last night, just because I had parlays going, um, I was technically six for six that a boy. with my picks for that. I'm just going to send you my picks. Because that a boy. I feel like that. Oh, wait. It got taken off my screen. I still have a screenshot of it because I'm very proud. Allegedly. It's a, it's allegedly won his parlays. It was $5, five picks for 100 I had Brandon Ayuk under 10.5 um, fantasy points. He only got six. That a boy. Debo Samuel, higher than 15.5. He got 21. Dog. Did insane. Cooper Cup had thir- had 12 fantasy points going into the fourth quarter. Um, actually, halfway into the fourth quarter, I needed 17 and a half. He ended up getting me 19. That was a blessing. Cooper Cup makers forgot how to run the ball. He's like that. I picked the under for 42 and a half. He got 13. And Matt Stafford, um, higher than 35 passing attempts. He threw the ball 48 times. Yeah, that wasn't even close. Yeah. Everything Free, money. I, Free money. Free <laughs> money. Everything that I was predicting in that game was going to happen. It did happen. Ended up paying me, but also it just kind of showed kind of where the Rams are at right now. Um, when you have to rely on the triple crown winner um, and a receiver like Cup yeah. and then check downs with Higby, you're not going to win many games. Especially if your quarterback's getting sacked seven times. And your running, running game isn't making up for it. No. No. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson ran 15 times for a combined 50 yards. Or, that is... Yeah. Mm, honestly... No, four, 40 yards, sorry. Honestly, you subtract, like, four teams in the NFL, and you look at that stat line, you're like, wow, yeah, they did really good for this week. And then you see the average of what a team should get. You're like, wow, that was horrendous. Like an elite running team like the Lions. Yeah. Still or the can't Eagles. win a game. Or the Eagles. Or the Eagles. So the 49ers uh, kicked the Rams' teeth in on that one, 24-9. Uh, both teams 2-2, two and two, though. A weird thing about the NFL this year is everyone's 2-2, two and two, um, besides the Eagles, who are 4-0. Uh, I, I definitely did not see that coming. Praying for the day that they lose so we can make fun of you uh, the following week. Uh, but that kind of wraps it up for the NFL portion of the episode. Uh, unless there's any sort of like storylines we want to talk about, we kind of already talked about Tua's. Uh, situation, but that's all I really got. I mean, that's all I got as well. Uh, moving on into baseball, we go, guys. Obviously, we don't have the time to just talk about every single baseball game that's happened in the last week. So let's talk. Lot. Let's talk highlights. Specifically, you know, we're an Illinois-based podcast. I'm a Cardinal fan. Andrew's a Cardinals fan. David's. A non-playoff team fan. Actually, no, he's a Phillies that fan. Is, yeah, that soon is to be a non-playoff team. Fan. Soon to be after the after the wild card yeah, round. We're gonna have we're gonna have to see. Uh, have to let the playoffs play out. We are personally going to bounce you from the playoffs, and we will be 
so fun to do. It will be. I will take great, great pleasure in doing so. And then I cannot wait to play this track back when we sweep you guys in two games, and then you have to eat your words when this happens. I don't see will that. Will it happen? Probably not. If but we I'm play Dakota bank Hudson, the, yes. I'm going to bank on the 5% chance that this can happen. Honestly. And that Schwarber goes 16 for 16 with 16 homers. That's what I'm going to be banking on. That would be insane. In two games, he does that. He gets eight at-bats <laughs> per game and hits all nukes. I'm crying. It's over. I'm crying. I'm locking re- myself in my bedroom, and you will not see me. Out. I would give him MVP like throughout the entire league. I don't care about AL or NL. You do yeah. I would probably never watch baseball again. Uh, I would swear it off. <laughs> uh, but Albert Pujols hit his 700th home run. He, uh, he finally did it. Uh, and this honestly might have been a couple weeks ago at this point. Uh, two weekends ago. Two weekends we ago. Our last home series this last weekend, and then we played the Dodgers. It was a That's right. Friday night in L.A. And uh, he's still hitting homers, too. He yeah, is he has still hit hitting three homers. More since. <laughs> yeah, because he's at 703 yep, now right. with one game remaining. Yeah. Yep, tomorrow. Tomorrow's the last game. So and then we play Friday. Yeah, yeah, we do. I'm looking at tickets already. I'm salivating. They're not too expensive, so. <laughs> uh, who knows? We'll see. Uh First-hand account potentially coming at you. Also, uh, as of this time of recording, uh, the Phillies are down 8-0. So, how about Not them? Not good, but when you have a lock in the playoffs. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore for nothing else. Uh, well, the Cardinals are still winning, aren't they? Give me some. Hmm, took them a little bit to do it, but, you know, it's okay. It's also you have over 90 hard. wins. Yeah. You barely have over 85, I think. Yeah. That's okay. Our 85 got us into the playoffs. <laughs> uh, so, Albert hitting over 700 is a memory that I'll – always have uh just in general as a cardinals fan watching him uh leave after the world series was crushing uh but seeing all the different things that have happened that have led him back into um cardinals uniform yeah uh like i i went to the yankee or sorry not the yankees i apologize that image oh now i'm imagining albert in a yankees uniform it's foul um angels cardinals when he was on the angels Angels. cardinals uh, when he came back for what we thought was going to be the final time and getting to see him make that return uh, was incredible. That was my childhood uh, kind of being completed. And you then were he came for game three, correct? I was there for game three. I was at game two when he hit the home run off no other than Dakota Hudson. Oh, not surprising. I could probably hit a home run off Dakota Hudson at this Everybody point. went crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's just like St. Louis, obviously we're biased, um, but David wouldn't know these good memories. Oh, I mean, you know, I can still recall. Yeah, and I yeah. mean, like we all have a connection. Like you know, like you have your Eagles winning a Super Bowl, yeah. right? Um, Blues seen, Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, Blues Car. I would say that St. Louis has probably one of the best fan bases in any city uh, across the country. Uh, they're they're loyal. They were loyal to the Rams, despite the fact that the Rams were garbage and Stan Kroenke's a piece of garbage. And um, moved them out, and then moved them out. Um, as w- much as one of our professors wants to say that the Rams got stolen from L.A. in the first place, St. Louis actually loved them uh, and actually filled the stadium. So there's that. Uh, but not to put it into negative thoughts right now, Albert Pujols came into this year. He was, what, 20? 21 away. 21 away. And when it hit the All-Star break, I think he was at, he was like four. Single digits, he, for sure. Was he at single digits? For sure. Okay, because then he went on the run. Yep, he's hit. Hmm, I saw a graphic. It's, it says like at least over fifteen home runs in the second half alone. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Um, he just 
he turned into Prime Albert Pujols again. Uh, so it really what now my childhood's actually been completed, as it turns out. Um, I won't forget that we were watching the game in my dorm room. They brought in a righty right before he went to hit, and I'm like, oh, now he's not going to do it. Spencer just looks at me and says, oh, really? Watch this first pitch. I don't know if it was – was it the first pitch? No, I don't know if I said first pitch. Maybe I did, but I know it was you a one – definitely called it. It was a 1-1 one, one count, and he did it. You definitely called it. Yeah, I definitely said he was going to hit one. Let's see here. I, I've got it pulled up. He hit two home runs in April, two in May. So that's four. And three in July. Seven. So by the trade deadline, he was at seven home runs for the year <laughs> and needed at, 21. Yeah. He, no, he's, he's more than 21 now. He's 24 now. He hit – Eight in August and seven in September. He's at two in October already. And they've played two games in October, I think. Three? Three games in October? Uh, three. It's been three. Yep. Three games. That's pretty good day. Pretty pretty good string of months, I'd say. I think it was four games played, four games in October. It might have been consistent. But I mean, regardless. Either, he's just unreal. Uh, it's great to see him back like this. And then today, uh, Tuesday night, Aaron Judge broke the AL single-season record for home runs. Uh, so congratulations to Aaron Judge, obviously. Um, doesn't matter where you fall on the steroids argument and where that— um, 73 I would home say, run record. I, w- I would say 73 is the home run record. I would record. say 73 is the home run record. I triple down on that, too. Yeah. Um, a really touchy subject, too. I also think Barry Bonds is— pro- Like, arguably, we could put arguably there, um, greatest player to ever swing a bat. I, I, I put that in there. It's not just only the fear that he put, <laughs> but any time you saw him step into the box, everybody got that gut feeling he was going to put one out. The amount and of he, walks he got? Yeah, he dem- he controlled the strike zone. He was a pitcher as a power hitter, and that is dangerous. That is the eye of Juan Soto, and then you combine that with, with the, the power, power of, of like David Ortiz. Yeah. You put that hack into one specimen, that is Barry Bonds. Just in a four-year span, 2001-2004. Do you believe he should uh, be in the hall? I do. I I mean, you let David Ortiz, who failed a drug test, failed a PED, got suspended. Everybody knew it. <laughs> yeah, granted, he failed one time. Barry Bonds failed none. Granted, he was never given one. <laughs> he definitely would have failed. He definitely All we have to do is look at the transformation from the Pirates to the Giants. I think it's pretty obvious. Oh, yeah, easily. But, like, even with the Pirates, he still won two MVPs over there. He still won two. Yeah, and I mean, then he won one in 1997 when he got there, and then four straight. Insanity. That's what makes me mad about Barry is, like, dude, you didn't have to cheat. Yeah. Like, he was one of the best hitters in baseball the first 10 years of his career, and then he was like, you know what? Needle time. Allegedly. Allegedly. Like well, you he said, did, never, he... never got caught. <laughs> No, he did admit it, obviously, after he's out. If I was him, I wouldn't. I mean, he, he had the he had the scandal going on. He had the lawsuits. He had the court trials. Same with McGuire. Same with um, Conseco Sosa. and Sosa, all of those guys. Um, he couldn't avoid it. But at that point, you just you don't do it. Like you were saying, you don't need to do it. You have no desire. You're able to hit a baseball very far as a normal human being. You don't need to stack up on steroids. So that sucks, at least for my debate on who is <laughs> the greatest potential hitter of all time. I still think that factors into it, though. I mean, I think it's just cool. We've seen uh, a two, lot of history being made. Two historic home run chases that, personally, 
I highly doubt we'll ever get broke again. Maybe Judge is 62 in a season, but it's going to be hard for somebody to hit 700 in a season. They're not going to be as durable anymore. The next person that is actually on pace, like, with the style of play that they're having is Trout. And I still don't even see him. Oh, there's no way Trout. I don't don't see him cracking 650. And I think he could also arguably, when it's all said and done, be the greatest player of all time, too. You Mm -hmm. can look at his war. You can look at his batting average. You can look at four different seasons of his worst, like, statistics of, like, average, on base, homers, and ribbies. And he won unanimous MVP that year. And it was his career career lows, and he won MVP. I mean, it's really hard to compare someone to that guy. Um, but counting stats, being as efficient as he is for that long, it's really it's going to be really hard to beat Albert Pujols. Which is just super, super cool to see. Um, I got to see Miguel Cabrera's 400th home run. Uh, at a, Like, I was at the game, and that was super cool. Uh, but being able to witness, I, have, I didn't get to see any of his uh, home runs on this run. Um, so, like, that, that part kind of sucks, but it's still awesome to see uh, and be a fan of baseball. I would say that this was a great – both of these races, really, were, were a great thing for baseball. It's been a while since baseball's kind of deserved the national spotlight, but finally, like, it was like, okay, there's actually something that people can be excited about with Aaron Judge hitting nukes every other at-bat and Albert deciding to, you know, turn back into his 31-year-old self. And to add on to you about saying about Mike Trout being maybe the greatest baseball player of all time. In 2011, he played 40 games. I'm not really counting that. So 2012 was his first full season. Right. To 2020. His rookie 2022. Yeah. Nine out of the 10 years. Uh, nine of the 11 years, sorry. He has finished top five in MVPs. That's pretty good. That's really hard <laughs> to compete. Um especially in, like, a very important position in center field. Three times one. Yeah. Three times one. Which arguably, too, in a couple of those MVP races, um, same with um, 2017 with uh, Jose Altuve, I feel like Trout got snubbed there, too. Um, I feel like Judge got got, – what's the word? Snubbed. Snubbed Snubbed. that year. In 2017? Yeah, Trout finished fourth that year. (laughs) I mean, what kind of guy finishes fourth that year? Hmm. I mean, that's the frustrating thing. Only a dude thing. who's only won it three times. I mean. yeah, See, yeah. that's the, that's just the frustrating thing about voter fatigue, and I can I could have a whole hour episode just talking about how I hate voter fatigue um, with sports awards so much. Uh, speaking of Trout, uh, quote, Ruse, Angels, frustrating year, eyes rebound going into next year. Do the Angels rebound? They've got the... Nope. <laughs> okay. And they've got Shohei Otani, who's a top-five hitter and a top-five pitcher. They had him for, what, two years now? Three years? They've had him for a while. They've had him yeah. since 2018. He t- uh, tore his UCL. Yep, yep I forgot about so that. So he finally started to come back 2020. Mm-hmm. So they've had him for that long. They've had Trout for t- since 2011. What have they done? N- they made the playoffs one time with Trout. Once. He's playing with and that was me, For me, it's like a double-edged sword. So Otani, you can't really predict it's his first team in the major leagues mm-hmm. showing that much of interest and wanting to get both to a success there um him being locked up really isn't much so much otani's fault as it is the angels um trout's 100 you signed that much money obviously you should be getting that much money you are one of the better players of all like of all time yeah to me um you should get being you should be paid that way <laughs> 
Um, by the Angels, though, with what they've given him, it's awful. Yeah, it's, it's just, awful. It's I mean, so strange. That's such a strange organization because they make moves like signing Rendon was huge. I thought, thought that was, was a good great. move. I thought the Cindergard move was a good move. And but, it just doesn't work out for them. Yeah, it's weird. The it, weird thing that the Angels will do is as soon as they get someone new, they'll trick you into thinking that it's actually going to stick for like a month or two. You guys remember that Anthony Rendon homer that he hit lefty? And the yeah. Angels are starting to hit fire. Yeah. And then just all of a sudden, <laughs> decimated injury. Anthony Rendon, gone. Noah Syndergaard, defective. Trout, gone. Taylor Ward forgot how to hit a baseball. <laughs> and then you just have all these other open pieces, and it's Otani having to throw one-on-one every single pitch and having to hit nukes. Yeah. It worked last year. We never saw it before. That's why he was unanimous MVP. He deserved it this year. Um, and I also believe that if Judge wasn't in, like, one of the most statistical, insane races of MLB history, he'd probably win it too. Otani would probably win MVP if Judge wasn't having the season that he is. But Judge is, and Judge is going to win unanimous MVP. And I honestly, if there was a year to do co-MVPs, this is the year to do it. Yeah. Um, just because I think that while this race is fantastic and Judge has had an elite year, one of the best years we've seen in the last 10 years, I would say, as a hitter, Shohei Otani has had, again, another very good hitting season, and he's also been elite pitching. And that doesn't happen at all since Shohei Otani last year, at least. Um, but let's move into the uh, the playoff conversation now. We finally looks like we have our field set. We do have the field set. All of them are clinched. Um, so wild card round in the American League, we've got Rays, Guardians. Winner will face the Yankees, and the Mariners, Blue Jays. Winner faces the Astros. What do we think? These are some intriguing matchups. Now the wild card round exists. It's not just a one-off. So if you've been no, it's best out of three. Right. Yep. So it's a best of three now. So I, as a Cardinal fan, uh, I feel better. I wish we'd had it last year, so we don't get uh, bounced after one game. Alex Reyes, Chris Taylor. Yeah, we, we don't talk about it anymore. That's that happened in the past. Um, I love that at bat. By the way, what at bat? Absolutely loved it. Um, when Chris Taylor. Oh, so you're a Dodgers fan. No, big but Dodgers I, guy over here. I, Cardinals hater. Okay, I respect you. Professional hater? No, he just hates the Cardinals. Okay, so you're an amateur hater. You're on your way up. I'm a professional. Okay, all right. I can respect a professional hater. It's professional hatred we're doing. That's cool. I'm cool with that. Um, Rays, Guardians, and Mariners, Blue Jays. Where are we feeling for that? Guardians over the Rays. Guardians okay. have the best bullpen. Okay, I believe. At all the teams in the playoffs. Maybe behind the Dodgers. Well, yeah. But on the American League side, they definitely have the best, if not one of the best. Yeah, I mean, pitching's really, if we're going to be honest, pitching's what winning playoff baseball comes down to. If you have bad pitching, you're not going to survive. And their lineup has just been above average, and they have one of the best coaches that could win AL Coach of the Year, Terry Francona. He's been at it for so long. (laughs) It's wild. A lot of times you see older coaches lose their touch, like Tony La Russa. Terry Francona. I think you lost more than just his touch there. Oh, yeah, no, he definitely lost his mind, too. <laughs> no, his he, mind is gone. Speaking of which, he's retired now, so White Sox fans rejoice. Uh, he should have been gone in May when they still had a chance. Yeah. He should have been gone after 2011. Which he was, and then, and he, then came he came back, back mistakenly. And then Mariners, Jays. I mean, hold on. David, who do you got oh, yeah, for Rays Guardians? 
Rays Guardians. Um, it's it's weird. It seems like the Rays just every year find a way to win, and you never know who is going to be. Two years ago, twenty twenty, with the you know season shortened, a little sixty game action. Um, Randy Rosarena finally broke out of it. Um, last year, former Cardinal, Juan <laughs> Franco, um, finally started to come into his own with like a seventy on base streak, just like insane from what you should be seeing as a rookie. Um, you're getting Tyler Glass now back, um, which is a huge piece to their starting rotation. And I don't think, other than Jose Ramirez and Stephen Kwan, that the Guardians are really going to be doing much of anything on offense. Um, uh, I think it will come to three series, but the Rays will dominate. Them. You say other than Jose Ramirez and Stephen Kwan? Yes. Ahmed Rosario has been heating up. Mm-hmm. They have Josh Naylor. <coughs> Who is it? What? It's going to bug me. Jimenez? I mean, what's the second baseman's name? I think of his name. Started in the All-Star game. What? Andres Jimenez. Uh, you know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He, he led the AL in average and then dropped a lot. Yeah, I mean, but he, like he was still having a great year. Oh, yeah. When you get elected to an All-Star game, you having an outstanding year, especially from his standards where he's never had any, like... Jimenez. Yeah. Yep, Andres Jimenez. Yep. He never had any platform for that at all until this year when he decided to finally break out. <laughs> that I feel like that series right there will be the best coached series in the playoffs. It wouldn't surprise me. Kevin Cash versus Terry Francona. Other than that one time, you know, Kevin Cash had a... Uh, had a uh, <laughs> breakdown and pulled Blake Snell in the <laughs> sixth inning. Listen, we all make mistakes. Some of us just don't make World Series costing mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? I mean, we never get that chance, but. Give me a chance. I guarantee you I don't pull Blake Snell in that always, situation. <laughs> hindsight's always twenty twenty. It was kind of like the same way. You guys will hate me for it. Um, 2016 when, um, oh, jeez. When, when we brought in Joe Kevin's... Madden. Joe Madden. When he, he was decided, a Cubs fan. He decided to pull Kyle Hendricks after five innings and only giving up two hits. Brought in John Lester. Ended up blowing that game. Made it way closer than what it should have been. Um, it's kind of just that same thing of just going too deep into analytics and just not getting the feel for the game. Um, it, it's really just going to come down to that, who you trust the most with the ball in their hand. I trust the Rays more. Oh, I get to breathe a tie here. Um, it's I really, tough. It is tough because Terry Franconi can never count out, but the Rays just – they're kind of like the American League Cardinals. They get that devil magic. Some weird dude starts going off. Uh, Randy Rosarena might have just had some devil magic left over from St. Louis. So that's that what I'm thinking. Kind of just escaped him. Uh, so I'll rock with the Guardians. I'll go with Terry Francona and the Guardians. Um, I think that's a good series, though. I, I, think I love being the under in this room every single conversation. No problem. We're here to help. <laughs> Let's see if we get on the I, same page with Mariners Blue Jays. I love I the think Guardians closer, by the way. Okay. Class A. Oh, Class A just starts. 100 miles cheese. an hour cutter. It's Nobody's cheese. touching that. Just want to throw that out there. No, that, it is cheese. You yeah. do have to worry about that as a Rays supporter now, I guess. Uh, Mariners Blue Jays. A this really fun series. Really young teams. The most, like, I don't know what word we need. This will be the intriguing. Post- this is the most intriguing season. Yeah, to me, this will be series. the postseason World Series before the World Series. Yes, I think you have two of the most exciting fan bases in the playoffs facing each other. 
the Mariners finally getting there after 21 years. It's been so long. Welcome back. You get 116 <laughs> wins in a season, you flop, and then you don't make it back in two decades. Oof. That's I, bad. That is bad. So you got to give props to what they were able to build, um, getting Luis Castillo at the trade deadline. They gave up a lot from so props to the Reds. They for did, that but they extended him. He's been doing really good. Yeah. Got him to the playoffs. That's what you're going to be asking for if you're number one pitcher. That's what he's doing. Robbie Ray still not having that bad of a year. Obviously, Going back to Canada. Obviously not having really like the good Cy Young that we're expecting. Um, but I mean they're getting it done and. The Mariners, kind of just like the Rays and Cardinals, like you're saying, they have this year that little devil magic. You don't think they're going to go away. They always have that fight, and their energy is going to bring a lot. And it's going to be hard to match with Toronto. Mm. Those Rogers two series... Center is going to be packed every <sighs> night. Oh, yeah. It, that, that atmosphere is going to be insane. I mean, as a Mariners fan, if you're colorblind, that's going to be a really bad game to watch because all you're seeing is blue and green. How? <laughs> that's all you're seeing. <laughs> How upset... Would you be if you were a Mariners fan? Because all three games will be played in Toronto, True. and they lose, and you don't get a chance to see the Mariners in the playoffs, the second round. How upset are you? Oh, I'd be really upset, but I would also just be happy that they made it. Yeah, in, yeah, and that they'll they'll be good next year in theory. Yeah, they will. Yeah, I mean they, yeah, they will. If right. they follow through, they just yeah. It, it's all about consistency. So who do we have in this series? Who do you guys like? <sighs> that three game home ad- home series advantage is a lot. It might be the difference maker. I'm going to go with the Mariners. Not confident in that pick. You're not confident? I'm really confident in mine. I'm going the Blue Jays. Um, I just really want to see the Mariners win. Exactly what you were saying, too, with that atmosphere. That's going to be huge. a big factor. It's going to be huge. It's going to be a big factor. I'm going to already put down that Vladdy is going to be the MVP for that series, too. I see two homers, maybe seven ribbies. In that oh my! He, he, that's I, a big series. That's a huge. That's a big series. three game but I, series. I also think it's going to go down to three games, which gets him that at bat. He's going to have ten to eleven chances for that. He's got the sick for it. He is one of the best hitters in the AL, if not the MLB. You got other guys coming around hot. I'm gonna put my money in the breadbasket with Roger Center. But the Blue Jays cannot keep messing up and putting other second basemen at second base. I literally saw this on TikTok the other day. Whit Merrifield's betting over 400 in his last however many games. They can't put Kevin Biggio in. They can't put Espinal in. They have to go with their best players in the playoffs. And I feel like I'm, uh, the Rays manager, not the Rays, I don't know why I said the Rays, the Blue Jays man, manager will try and go for the matchup, and it might end up costing them. Just a little take there. I didn't think of it that way. I didn't realize that Merrifield was allowed into Canada. Um, no, good for he, him, though. He finally no, got I know it figured he wasn't out. There for a minute there, I'm pretty uh, sure he got vaccinated. I think that's yeah. the, good for him. Yeah. I, getting traded there after not being able to travel originally was yeah. hilarious. People were like, "Why would you make that trade?" I'm gonna go with the Blue Jays as well. Uh, I think Underdog. that I think that atmosphere is just like you're talking about, like Bautista with a drive. Yeah, like oh, I'd I, kill I, I, I to still get have the, one of those. like the vibrating sensation yeah. in my eardrums when I played from that when they played Baltimore. Yeah, and they didn't bring in uh, Zach Britton. After that great year. Listen, we all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Just some of us don't make mistakes that cost series. All I'm going to say is Buck Showalter was the manager of the Orioles, and he is back in the playoffs. Let's see him not bring in Edwin Diaz for a game. <laughs> oh, speaking of the Mets, Padres-Mets. We're going to save the series that we all want to talk about for last. Yes. Uh, Padres-Mets. Uh, the big, 
big spenders uh, at the trade deadline with the Padres against the Mets, who finally didn't. Well, they they they, they, they still pretty much collapsed in September, yeah. uh, but they're in the playoffs. Their momentum is gone. Their momentum is completely gone. Yeah, Narcos is overplayed now. Edwin Diaz is mid. That's a lie. I'm kidding. <laughs> For uh, being a 99-win team, they have, as of right now, no hype. Um, they had that swept under their noses, kind of like what the Braves did last yeah. week in that series. Um, but at the same time, you got to look at the Padres roster. You got to see of how much, how many ups and downs that they had. They weren't even guaranteed a spot until last week, which came down to four games remaining, four or five. Um, their pitching is okay. You Darvish really isn't what we all. I feel like their pitching is better than you think. I still think their pitching is good enough to win you games, but you're gonna be relying on Juan Soto. You're gonna be relying on Manny Machado, and you're gonna be relying on your other key hitters that are gonna be piecing stuff together. Josh Bell not really having that big of an offensive second half that we thought he was gonna have. I mean, he had that happen in what was it 2019? When he was with the Pirates, mm-hmm. popped off first half, all-star. Next half, terrible. Yeah. And that's kind of the same thing that he had, too. Um, he wasn't even the big thing of and that trade. I mean, you have Juan Soto still going to get you walks. Um, he didn't hit that good in the Hey, Dave, half. I got a question. What were you saying about you, Darvish? Not the great pitcher. Not the greatest in the second half, no. 3.10 ERA. Which isn't bad. No. It's pretty good. 16-8, and eight, 100, almost 200 innings pitched this year. But that's that's your ace. And at .95 whip. Yeah. I don't know. They have – they. Joe Musgrove could be their ace. Could I've very just, well I've be I've seen their ace. so many streaky things of their pitching staff, especially with their bullpen not being as dominant. I mean, when you make a trade, you make multiple trades, actually, when you're the Padres. Um, but then you make a trade for Juan Soto. You make a trade for Josh Bell. You trade away all your key pieces, and you swap – Closers with Josh Hader and Tyler Rogers. And Josh Hader struggling. He struggled bad. I, I will say, though. They he, benched him. Yeah. <laughs> last seven games, Josh Hader. Seven games, four saves, 6.1 innings, three hits, one walk, eight strikeouts, zero ARA. Is he back? He could be back. He could be back. It's always good to get on that streak, too. You have a bunch of guys. Better to be cold in the middle of the season than it is to be cold during the postseason. Exactly. But it's last 15, 7.11. But you got to heat up at some Yeah, he is. I think he's back. Change of scenery, middle of the year. He had to have been so shocked to see that trade. I was happy to see oh, that trade. Oh, I was ecstatic. I was, I was ecstatic. We got him out of the division. Why, why would they make that trade? It makes no sense to me. I don't care. It, it seems like they were looking at it at a, like a statistical standpoint, and they're like, okay, um, Tyler Rogers. At this point Taylor. in time, second in the league in saves. Which saves is are a stupid stat. Really good. It is very much a stupid stat because Josh you can't Hader was first defense. in saves, though. He was. He was first in saves. Um, but the Padres only got Josh Hader. Um, the Brewers also got like two minor leaguers, too, out of that exchange. So they're kind of looking at the future. They're like, okay, we're. I don't think we're going to win this division. We can get the same production of Tyler Rogers, which Taylor, you can't. Um. However, I mean, I don't see the Padres really going anywhere in this three-game series. I still think the Mets love the Mets are gonna act like, whoa, 
<laughs> Sorry, I had a LeBron James break. Understandable. Um, Always bring it back to LeBron. The Mets are going to bring him down. I, I think this will be a two-game sweep. I don't think the Padres really do stand a chance. If they do, it'll be a nail-biter up until the seventh inning when you have to rely on their bullpen, and then at that case, it's going down the drain. I got the Mets. I'm taking the Mets. I don't want to take the Mets. I'm taking the Mets. I want to see the Padres win. I would not be surprised if this goes to three games and it is tight. I like It would not shock me at all. Everybody's riding off this series. I don't, would not surprise me if it's close. I mean, I'm rocking with the Mets, too, but I think you're absolutely right. that this. I think this is – I mean, really, all of these postseason series I think are going to be really close, uh, except for one. Um, we'll get to that one. We'll get to that one. Uh, ha. <laughs> uh, but I just think that, you know, this is shaping up to be a really awesome postseason uh, for baseball. If they can ride the momentum they've had at the end of the regular season with all these storylines, uh, we could have a, a lot of fun in the postseason. So moving into the final matchup, Phillies-Cardinals. First off, Dave, I just, I'll let you go first. I'm very ecstatic um, fixing the 11-year drought. All I'm going to say I, is I feel are... I feel a lot like the Mariners, how we're just really happy to be here. Yeah, um, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, last time you were in the playoffs was 2011. You Ooh. played uh, the Cardinals in the NLCS. Chris Carpenter ring any bells? Uh, nope. Maybe a game five, one nothing <laughs> win where Carpenter tossed a gym. I do remember 2008, though. I can tell you that. 2011. I sure remember 2011. 2011 is a little bit more recent. I'm still going right. to hang on to that. Pitch us, pitch us the Phillies for this year and why do you think that they're going to win this year? I mean, hang on, but do you think they're going to win? Like, no yeah. bias. Do you think they're going to no win? No bias. Do you think they win? No. Okay. That's um, what I like to hear. Will you pick them? Yes. Okay. And okay. and I, and I will, um, because you need to have a little bit of faith when you go with your squad, and yep. you need to see the good and the bad. Um, I see way more bad in this team than I do with good. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you had <laughs> Alec. That's so grim. <laughs> you had Alec Bohm at the beginning of the year saying, "I effing hate this place," but he missed a ground ball, and then last night opening Miller Light can celebrating with the team. Yep. But the all, tables have turned. They re, they really do. I mean, when you find greener pastures, it takes a little bit to open it up. I think the Phillies finally believed in their way of baseball, which is, hmm, we're gonna hit more home runs than you. <laughs> You're not gonna stop us, and they're not gonna play defense. While we're gonna it. put <laughs> our biggest power hitter as a leadoff. Fight me, and somehow, you were able to beat out the Brewers. You had the tie with them, so literally. The worst case scenario for the Phillies had to happen. Um, no, we took we had Nola taking a perfect game into the seventh inning um, yesterday. Was that last night? Uh, last night, yeah. Against the Strohs, too. Yeah, exactly. So it was really not happy. So, not going so well today. Uh, no, ten, but ten you, you, don't, you, don't need to, you don't need to. As, as long as you get that win right there, um, seeing what we could do with our guys on the mound. Wheeler and Nola are healthy right now, right? Yes. I will say that's one thing as a Cardinal fan that does scare me. It's, yep. ve- it's very promising. Yeah. Um, the downside. Those go one the downside. Mm-hmm. We get to game three. We have nobody. We won't have anybody. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at probably uh, like yeah, Ranger Suarez. Probably. No, no. You're not uh, starting him. No, I'm. I'm saying no, as in like nobody. He shouldn't be there. Yeah, I mean, he's three point three seven is not awful. 
that's that's pretty respectable. But you also got to put it into perspective of how many of those runs have came from multi-run innings. Yeah, he's he's not like spotting guys one inning and then getting you through. Yeah, he's given up a bunch of five and six inning runs. Uh, and that you can't have that. In the no, playoffs. no. Who do you think will go for the Cardinals? Do you think it will go Wayno Montgomery? Oh wait, no, Wayno Flaherty Montgomery or Flaherty Wayno Montgomery? That's a good question. I think that uh, despite some of the people's you know uh, debates that we've had. Recently, oh, you um, mean like in our dorm room? Yeah, uh, Wayne, oh, with Wayne, one, Luke Smiley. Uh, yeah, potentially. Uh, Wayne Wright's your game one starter, and that's what I like to hear. Uh, Wayne has to be your game one starter. Um, I would say that Jack Flaherty definitely has to start. I don't know if it's two or not. Um, it could very well be three. I would be okay with three because uh, Montgomery's been that guy. I would say Montgomery should be two. I, I think that's a that's a good rotation for that. Um, but I mean, I would say that starting pitching is the Cardinals' weakness. Um, it definitely is, yeah. So if you're a Phillies fan and That's you have a lineup that is boasting, uh, you know, a Kyle Schwarber who's hitting twenty or forty-six bombs this year, you have a Reese Hoskins, you have an Alec Bohm, you have a Nick Castellanos, you have a JT Realmuto, like, and a Bryce Harper. Oh yeah, don't forget MV three. Yeah, right. Like this is not, this is not some slouch team. Uh, you guys were banged up all year. Yeah. Which is why, you know, you barely snuck into the playoffs. But this is a healthy team. Are they healthy? They're healthy right now. And that's literally that's all That's the best matters. time to be healthy. I have uh, something bad on the Cardinals in. Boys, what's going down in Florida right now? Oh, no. Who capitalizes on tragedies? This is true. Nick Castellanos does live for tragedies. It's a horrible thing. Except it has to be in the moment. So it does. It does. Unless we can have, like... Hurricane Jawam, out of <laughs> no, out of out of nowhere, Yikes. just go all the way up through the United States for that three game series. <laughs> Nick Castellanos will probably go two for nine. Two for nine is not bad. It's not bad, but you want more. Exactly Especially from an all star last in the playoffs. year. Playoffs. He was an all star like top hitter last year for the Reds. Yeah, the Reds. Yeah, but I feel like Great American Ballpark is more hitter friendly than. Citizens Bank. Beautiful ballpark, by the way. Citizens Bank's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm in love with it. Beautiful place. Love the Grove. Um, was that was that Philly where there were guys this year that went exploring and then they got kicked out? Like, your bullpen went on a, an, an exploration. Or in Colorado? One team. That was it. Yep. Okay, I know there's two different Groves or stadiums of the Groves. It's Colorado or Philly. I picked the wrong one. Yep. But, yeah, they went, like, walking into the batter's eye, and the ump was like, ah, oh, you got to get out of there, <laughs> which is so lame. If I want to go exploring, let me go exploring in the Grove. It looks nice. Yep. Um, but, the least you can do when you get paid millions of dollars yeah. to throw baseball. Yeah. Just let me see the trees, man. <laughs> so here we go, Phillies Cardinals. I'm, I'm going to let you guys say your picks. I'm taking the Cardinals. I'm... Shocker. I'm going to go in three. I'm taking the Cardinals. Probably in three because I think our offense is arguably better. Do you agree? In certain streaks, yes. In certain streaks, no. I and feel I, like you got to catch one of these teams on their very, very bad day. And if you don't, both of them will make you pay. If Goldschmidt's not, it's going to be Arenado. If they're both off, it's going to be Newt Bar, and then it's going to be Pujols. Devil it's Magic. Going to be Donovan. They will right. find a way to get someone the bat in their hands and go, hey, 
put this in the gap, score these three. And he just shakes his head, and he does it. Right now. Could be Ben Deluzio, Car- for all we know. <laughs> He's not going to be in the roster. Yeah, Unfortunately. The Cardinals are 5-5 five and five in their last 10, and most of that's against the Pirates. Yeah. <laughs> most yeah. of that's against the Pirates. <sighs> yeah. And the Phillies are 4-6. and six. Yeah, we have had a horrendous end. This is a make-or-break series for this, these teams. And they're both not doing hot. I mean, this is it- what you want to be, though, I would say. If you are teams that are cold... You wouldn't face another cold team. Exactly. Wouldn't you want someone that's going to boost your momentum going into the next game? I, I, yeah, or next series, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. And another reason I picked the Cardinals is we have we simply just have a better bullpen. And you can't argue that. I'm not even going to try to attempt yeah. to argue I mean, Helsley's had one of the best pitching years ever. You have Sir Anthony Dominguez. That's it. That's it. Corey Kniebel. Oh, uh. Here and there. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me while I clear my throat, but for this series, uh. Revenge Tori Mundo Sosa. Oh no, I didn't he's, he's that. not. He he's, might have excess devil magic. We he's not that. gonna start. I don't even. No, see but that's him not the problem. Out. Oh yeah, no, no. If no, he comes no. in and pitch hits, it's gonna be like a triple. It's gonna be some garbage two out triple, and then one of our guys is gonna get nutmegged on a ground ball, or it's gonna hit a base, and it's over. Um, I fully expect Edmundo Sosa to pull some garbage on us. Um. I think I can't wait. I just want to say Mundo Sosa is batting three fifteen with the Phillies. That's not trade fair. Deadline. Why? Oh, and you have Jairo Munoz. Nice, nice. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That's <laughs> and Oscar Mercado used to be in the Cardinal system. He did, and then he was in the, the Indians. We also picked up David Robertson from the Cubs. <laughs> I was, hope he pitches against us. Yeah, he was doing really hot, and then kind of just like Josh Hader, just shriveled. All right. yep. A lot. Let's hear your predictions, David, and why. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you two predictions. Okay. Um, this can be a fan one and then what you actually think one. Yep. Uh, the fan one is Phillies in two. Okay. <laughs> By, like, what, 20 to zero, you think? Um, two perfect games. Back okay. Back. Legit. All right. Yeah. I can see it. I could definitely see that. I could. Um, we, we would be the team to get two perfect games in a row. I, I could – if there was a team to do it, the Cardinals would do it. But then, like, my actual pick um, – you're you're gonna kind of have to go off momentum. You're gonna kind of have to see what the other guys are doing, um, and then most of all, you just have to see what hitters have been most productive. I hate it, but the Cardinals have been way more productive with the bench players and the role players that they have, um, by far. Phillies, you have JT Romulo starting to really fight it in the second half. Bryce Harper finally came back from that thumb injury. Um, Schwarber hits bombs. But you got to put all those together, and you got to do it through nine innings. Bryson Stott's not going to do that. Gene Segura, not really been doing that for you. Nick Castellanos, the two for nine, like I was saying. Um, For me, it's really a no-brainer. I think Cardinals in three. I think that will happen. I think the Phillies will sneak a game out. It's not going to be a Do you think it's game one or game two? I think it's game one. Okay. I feel like I think the Phillies will win game one. Um, they just won't have anybody else that they can rely on. They'll use Zach Wheeler. Hmm. I feel like yeah. since uh, the Cardinals are 5-5, five five, the Phillies are 4-6 and six last time. <sighs> right. None of those are good. At right? all. The game one is going to be absolutely huge. That yeah. might change. Especially the, in a three-game series. Yeah, that'll change oh, yeah. the entire Kind of like how outcome. we were doing in our um, maroon and black scrimmage. Yep. First game, when you don't have – 
that little bit of like a comeback game to like set yourself up for the rest of it. Your comeback game is the very first one, and if you lose, you got to win it all. You have nothing else that you could put on that backup. You'd be like, okay, we can mess a couple of games, a couple of plays here, and push it off. And if it falls, we can move to game three. You lose that first one, your back's against hands the wall. on deck. <laughs> yeah, all hands on deck. By you got to get it right there. By the way, David, big dubs today. Thank you, sir. Um, if I wasn't a complete weak moron, I would have put that ball out. <laughs> One hop to double. Wish it would have went farther. Um, I, I see learn. it. I see it. I can see it happening this year for sure. I got to put on probably about 10 more pounds, but I think I could. You got to hope for some devil magic like the Rays are going to bring. True. Um, True that. Do we have any, any picks, NFL, MLB throughout? Uh, other than what we just said for the wild card, I'm not going to try to predict the NFL right now. The script writers are on a different level this year. They're they're just writing some stuff that I've never seen before. I don't know what to expect. Oh, I will say this: the Lions will put up more than 35 points this week and still lose and win. Who they got? I have no idea. Oh, they got the Patriots, Bailey Zippy. And oh no, they play Zappy. Zappy. We're, Zippy it's over. Zippy. It's over. It's yeah. over. Yeah, we're losing. That it's gonna be like fifty too. to like four. Bill Belichick had this. We're gonna get like calendar. yeah, it's it's over. Uh, we're playing at Foxborough. We're gonna lose like fifty five to like forty again. But Bailey Zappi's gonna throw for like nine hundred yards. <laughs> it's gonna be ridiculous. How do you guys think about your teams, uh, NFL teams? We can do that at least. Oh jeez, um, not good. Not good. Do you think it's a loss? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we'll make the playoffs, and that's just because our division is so weak. Well, I'm saying just for just just next week. I don't even know who we have. That's all right. I got Let you. Look. Better start looking. Titans, Commanders. Oh. Eagles, Cardinals. I'm look- I think we're looking good, both of us. Yeah. I'm a little bit more scared, um, just because you know Tyler is that five year old toddler that runs yeah. away. You can't catch him. You really can't catch him. Um, but he's got to throw the ball at some point. But it, he, he can let it. He can air it out too. Though. Oh yeah, he can. But the problem is, is our secondary is going to be all over Marquise Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. That's the last game he can miss. He's not going to oh, be yeah. there. It he, is a six game suspension, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Actually, wait, no. He'll have another one after that. He'll have another game because it's six. It'll be week five. So this will be the second to last game. So he's legit got Marquise Brown, and he's got. Oh jeez. No, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really about it. Um, you don't really have any other dominant wide receivers that you can throw to, which is why he's scrambling all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really awesome when you want to see it from an Eagles standpoint. I think we'll give up way more yards than what we have the first four um, because we've only faced pocket qu- uh, quarterbacks. I still think we're going to dominate, though. I think putting it on record, we will win 31-17. I think it will be 31-17. Jalen Hurts throws for three tutties. Okay. And Dallas Goddard, Devonta Smith, and Quest Watkins. Reception tutty. And I'll put that on. Weird record. trio. Weird it, it trio, weird but trio. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll start Dallas Goddard this week then. <laughs> feel that black magic. So how do you feel about Oh, you already said you're Oh, yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll lose. They'll yeah. find a yeah. way. Uh, that's the Lions for you. Uh, that's all we have. The clock has run out of time. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. As usual, we'll be back like next it. week, Wednesdays. We've got sports coming at you every Wednesday now. Talking basketball, eventually. Definitely talking football next week. Definitely talking postseason baseball. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in.
We will see you next week.